So I uh, had an interesting trip home yesterday. Mm-hmm. I love flying. No, you don't. That flying is the greatest thing. No, you don't. You know what's awesome about flying? Sean Holman loves traveling, but doesn't like flying. I try to not travel on 9-11, and I, every year for like the past three years, I seem to be like flying on 9-11, so that's weird. Mm. Um, but no, it's really awesome when you go to the airport, and you realize that your flight's going to be late enough to miss your second flight, so you have to get a new flight to a new city and then somebody has to pick you up in that new city to take you to another airport within that city to pick up your car. No. Yeah. This is an awful stand-up routine, <laughs> That's by the a way. Are, long you, are, you, are day. you practicing to do Wait, some- it, gets, it gets better though. <laughs> okay, so you know, I call up Delta. I said, listen, I have to get home tonight. What can you do? And they're like, Well, let's see what we got here. I've been flying Delta for 20 plus years, and I've got status on Delta and I've got like 700,000 miles or something. They've always treated me right. In all those years, I've only been stranded once, and that was with uh, Jason Gonerman in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul for a night. I fly Delta because you fly Delta. Yeah, and I, they, I used to fly American, and I thought, uh, oh, American it's, a, seats are it's horrible. a cat's meow until I flew Delta. I'm like, I'm never going back Dude, to American. American seats are so thin. Like, I just, I can't, like feel Southwest. My, can't feel my butt after a while. Like it's spirit. Horrible. Yeah, so uh, so anyway, Delta's never left me stranded. So I called him up, and they said, oh, Mr. Holman, what can we do? I said, I need to get home. And I said, how about uh, how about anything left for Santa Ana? And they said, nope, we got nothing. I said, I know there's a flight that leaves here in like an hour and a half that goes through Salt Lake City instead of Minneapolis-St. Paul. I can, get, I can get home. He goes, yeah, there's no seats on that plane. I went, oh. I go, how about Long Beach? And he goes, nope, nope. I said, uh, Ontario? No, don't have anything there either. <laughs> then he says, uh, Los Angeles? Yeah, oh man, hates yeah. LAX. Anybody hates, who hates, knows hates me, the only LAX. the only reason I'll go there for is international flight or an emergency. And I had to get home last night, so I'm like, all right, I'll take the freaking LAX flight. Which and if you don't fly into LA, you don't know it is the world's worst airport in every way imaginable. It's old, it's compact, it has the same amount of travelers as like a Chicago Hare, like you know, Atlanta Hartsfeld or something close Look, to that. Everyone complains about their local airport. No, no, I no. get it. No, LAX no, is horrible. But no, no, go with me. I know. Everyone does complain about their local airport, right? I don't. I love Santa Ana and Long Beach. Best airports in the country. Uh, I mean, our listeners around the country. Nashville's pretty good. Charlotte's pretty good. I know, but they think it's crappy. Right, they think it's crap yeah, because they live there. When you come into LAX, you will go. Oh, you guys are right. It's full of hate. It is worst. So it's a horseshoe with an upper deck and a lower deck, and an inner ring and an outer ring. And the inner ring is for shuttles. The outer ring is for pickups. It's fifty dollars a day to park. There's usually paparazzi and celebrities running around. There's always some issue going on. Something's always broken. Something's always under construction. Now they don't. I mean, if you listen carefully, you can hear it sucking. Exactly. Oh, you can definitely hear it sucking. <laughs> and it's even worse because you have to go like now. They're like, oh, well, we're we're building a tram now, mm-hmm. so everything has to be off site. We'll just shuttle you in because it's too busy. Your rental cars are off site. Your taxis are off site. Your Ubers. You can't pick up anything from the curb. You have to take a shuttle. That takes you to another shuttle to take you to your car or your taxi. It's it's awful. I freaking hate the place. And uh, and I this look, place blows. And there was he says I got you an aisle seat. It's like all right. And I'm a window guy because I literally tuck into my window seat and I sleep for four, five, six hours. Like they wake me up when the plane lands. I when I fly, it's like a time machine. They're like, sir, you have to get up now. We're at the destination. I'm like, I just fell asleep. This is amazing. You feel refreshed and everything. Yeah, not yesterday. I pull up the app and I go, oh, there's got to be a there's got to be a window seat, right? And sure enough, there was one left on the plane that had no one sitting in the middle. I'm like, boom, 45 minutes or 40 minutes before boarding, I swap seats, bam, shows up on my app. I'm good. I'm golden. I'm like, yeah, all right. I got my window. I'm sleeping. Get on the airplane. The pilot's like, hey, so we're having some really uh, awful weather. 
And the stewardesses probably aren't going to be able to have meal service or uh, or food service or beverages because mm-hmm. I'm going to have them sit the whole way. Basically, it's going to be really bad as we leave Detroit till about Iowa, and it'll smooth out for about 45 minutes, and then it gets worse because we have all this like uh, hurricane monsoonal flow stuff coming into SoCal, so all the air in the west is all unsettled right now. So I sit down, I get myself all in there, and here comes a family with three kids, and the oh, dude no. on the end is holding an 18-month-old, uh, Oh no! and he wants to crawl in my lap and look out the window and kick me, and he's sitting in the middle seat that he didn't pay for and right. all that stuff. I mean, he's a cute kid, and you know, I was you know friendly with him and all that, until his mother and his father swapped, and she wasn't paying attention and spilled an entire cup full of cranberry juice all over my leg and my uh, my uh, my shoes, the floor. Is this your trip? My passenger. Yeah. yeah, that was that was the kid sitting next to me for about uh, half the flight. He didn't even go to sleep or anything. It was it was super rad. So shout out to uh, my dad for picking me up at freaking LAX uh, uh-huh. late to, and driving me all the way down to John Wayne Airport where the car was. That's the ultimate dad right there. You know what? The thing was the day before we were. Having bratwurst at Bill Stein and checking out their shock room where robots and people assemble awesome 8,100 so shocks. What you're saying is you went from heaven to hell. Yeah, it was, it was not great. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, a shout out to Bill Stein and our crew over there. Steve, great host. Yep. And uh, they took us on a tour, great facility. They yeah, had a little uh, Shocktoberfest. Shocktoberfest, yes. And you wore your Lederhosen, well, your fake so, uh, Lederhosen. So, Colin Coates, uh, he's been on the show before, uh, Built to Wander. Anyway, he told me he was coming from Colorado and bringing his whole Lederhosen set up. And I was like, sweet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same. He goes, oh, dude, it's going to be awesome. we got to get pictures. What he didn't know is that I had bought a uh, shirt off Amazon that was silk screened with Lederhosen on <laughs> yeah. it. So from about 30 feet, it looks like I'm wearing full Lederhosen. And when you get up on me, it's just a t-shirt that has airbrushed hairy chest coming out of the top and stuff. And uh, it was awesome. I, I feel like it was- You had a little bit of Santa Claus going on, I'm I, not going to lie. I feel like it was a little bit of a, uh, a, a, a letdown for him and then humorous for everybody else, so- it was entertaining, yes. Yeah, so they were celebrating their 150th anniversary as a company and uh, invited us down to uh, the San Diego facility, Poway, to be uh, exact, for their Shocktoberfest. And they had Bilstein beer, and they had uh, bratwurst and uh, sauerkraut. Did you get a, uh, uh, a growler? Because I, I did. A growler. I did. Bilstein 150 right on the side on of the, the growler. growler. Yeah. Oh, so bitch. And then also had uh, some pretzels and all sorts of mustards and mm-hmm. some delicious freaking German uh, potato salad. And uh, how, many, how many brats did you eat? Because yeah. I had zero. Uh, no, I, I, only had, I only had one brat. Really? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, but I had some of that chicken schnitzel. That was pretty good. I missed it all. I also had the uh, potato salad. I was hunting down the beer. And pretzels. So we got a tour through their shock building room where they were doing all of the bespoke kind of one-off setups well, for their racing programs, correct? Nope. That was the room that was uh, all the AEV XP 8100s for Prospector XLs and Wrangler JLs. And then also their new 8112s, which are the um, Click Adjuster 8100s yes. series um, for the Tacomas with that new finish they had on it. Oh my God, those things the look one, awesome. Yes, it looks like a uh, like a Cerakoted finish, and then they but broke the news. It's paint. I was like, yeah. there's no way that's paint. And they said because they have such strict uh, salt spray and durability requirements, it was the only coating that was uh, that was going to last. And then we also went to... Wait, before you move on, what about when they gave us the tour uh, inside? We went through the, you know, kind of the cubes in the offices, and that huge bypass made out of one the, giant piece of extruded the, aluminum. Yeah, the Blackhawk. They don't make those anymore. 
That was the trophy truck shock from, from probably 10 years ago. Oh, really? So anybody who races, the, the Black Hawk was uh, legendary. It was amazing. Extruded aluminum, massive. Just those things were, were badass. And we also got to go to the CNC room, and they were doing, I think, some dirt track parts and things like that. And so that was pretty cool. And then uh, in the room where they're building all the AV stuff and the Tacoma 8112s, at 100% of shocks that come out of the room get uh, shock dyno tested for quality before they leave the room. They're all hand-built. And they, everyone gets put on a shock dyno before it goes in a box. Which is yeah, so cool. what this is, it's a uh, kind of a, a glass box about four or five feet tall, and they bolt the shock in there, and they've got it connected to a computer, and then they run it through a set of rhythms, basically, yep. right? If you want to check it out, go to uh, to my Instagram, at Sean P. Holman, to my reels, and then I've got a reel of that room with all the uh, shocks being uh, built, and you see the robot arm that cleans them, and you can see the shock dyno. It was just uh, super cool to see it all in person, and... I love seeing all that blown apart. We see the the pistons and all the seals and the you know piston rods and well, you were you were looking at a piece of uh, CNC that wasn't quite anything. It looked like a ball and socket almost. And you're like, what's that? Well, that's like, before it was that's, fully machined. That was a yeah. piston rod end for, that would have a bolt hole through it, basically. So just a, a cool a cool experience. So what, uh, what shout I, out to our friends at Bilstein for that. Holman, what I liked about it is that Bilstein is a massive company. I forgot how many thousands of employees they have. Lots, but. This was like kind of their skunk works division, right? They're building well. This is yeah. This, the, the the off road super. It's like this on- is off road stuff, and this is their West Coast headquarters. And so a lot of the production is in Stowe, Ohio, and then elsewhere. But if they are doing a new shock, all the prototyping happens there. Or they'll do the fast production stuff. So like the first production run will be hand built, and everything will come out of there. They'll evaluate it, make sure it's ready to go, and then they'll move it off to mass production. So there's a lot of cool stuff that goes through that building. A lot of the engineers. Um, Recently uh, had my uh, my uh, JL there and had my 8100s uh, valved for my specific weight and it's just it's um, you you haven't gone for riding it yet it's now is that pre is that pre wedding weight or is that post marriage uh, weight uh, way post marriage weight it's actually uh, 392 weight versus not uh, necessarily me weight and tell me uh, the the effect of this said valving uh, it's magical it's the best riding uh, solid axle vehicle I've ever been in seriously bar none yep. I took a cross stitch in my uh, 392, uh, and at 55 miles an hour, it handled it almost identically to the TRX going through the same ditch. Really? Mm-hmm. Did not fully bottom out, did not kick up in the rear. It was like wonk, wonk, and it was it's like butter. I can't wait to take it off-road. So on this episode of the Truck Show Podcast, Detroit Auto Show coverage, well, actually, early Detroit Auto Show coverage it, it's because- It's literally happening yeah. right now as we're recording this. It's in the middle of the start of the show. But fortunately, I have been privy to a couple uh, embargo pieces. Uh, embargo. So a couple of those things that, that haven't been announced yet, but have been announced by the time you hear this, we have on the show. So we'll do half the coverage this, this episode and then the rest of it next episode. So the stuff that is embargoed now embargo. will be not embargoed later, but the stuff we're going to record later will be not embargoed. Right. By the Wait, time what? you hear it, you'll be good. But us doing it right now is stuff's in the future. Gotcha. It hasn't happened yet. So, I totally am confused. Yeah. So uh, two two big products in this one. Uh, we've got the Ford F-150 mid-cycle refresh. So the 24, lots of great news around that. And then we also have an interview with Hiran Patel from Nissan. He's been on the show before. He was uh, one of the lead designers for Frontier. He's going to talk about a really special model that's coming back that Ooh. is being announced at the show this week. UTs. And coming up on this episode, we've got news and five-star hotline calls, but not before we thank Nissan, our presenting sponsor. So Nissan has uh, been supporting the show since the beginning, 
and they've got a great lineup of trucks, whether it's the Nissan Frontier, Nissan Titan, or Nissan Titan XD. Of course, the Titans have the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, and I'm seeing Frontiers literally everywhere. People, by I, the way, are starting to send us more. Have, oh, you, have I know. you seen that there's another batch I know. that have come in? I know. Well, and I've got some and, actually And we haven't here. even talked about Frontier Spotting no. in the last, like, seven, eight episodes. A few episodes. Ah, we have. Maybe have we? Le- yeah, not the last few episodes, though. There's people catching up, and they're like, oh, oh, I want in. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The, the, the Frontier is a, a great midsize pickup truck, and with the news we have today, I think it might make it uh, even more compelling for some of you people who love a little bit of that retro vibe really? in your uh, midsize pickup truck. I'm so curious about what this is. You can find out more and build in price at NissanUSA.com or head on down to your local dealer. And for all those times that you've looked at your dashboard, you're like, what freaking gear am I in? What's my trans temp? I've got a turbo diesel. I don't know my exhaust gas temperature. Ooh, I got one. What was the hottest my uh, oil temps have ever gotten? Boom, got that too. Or I have a Toyota Tacoma and my dashboard tells me nothing. At all, other than speed and RPM. You need a Banks iDash because it displays everything that the manufacturer doesn't want you to see. All right, so this is uh, my buddy Jason Riggs, who, unbeknownst to us at all, I was just scrolling through and I catch a reel, and he's talking about the iDash for his Jeep. And I was like, well, okay, I got to hear it because I have that too. I've been using the Banks iDash on the Jeep for a while. The thing's awesome. It's an OBD2 reader. I can check codes, clear codes, monitor diagnostics on the engine. I also have the Derringer programmer, which is super rad. I can dial up the power with a couple clicks of a button. So love that. Hate this thing. This is the mount that it comes with. It's a little suction cup dash uh, windshield mount. It blocks my visibility. And then when it hits like 110 here in Phoenix, that rubber just says no thanks and the thing falls off. So it sucks. But this thing's got to go because I upgraded to their new stealth pod that they just came out with. And that's super rad. Boom. Um, Basically just run the wires up the A-pillar through where the grab handle was. And then the pod goes on the top of the grab handle where the little bolt cover used to be. Um, Super clean. The plastic looks like OEM. Um, It's accessible so I can dial in the power uh, or scroll through menus, but it doesn't block my visibility at all. Uh, so just wanted to share that with you guys. 10 out of 10 recommend. I love it. Um, and uh, it's good for uh, any JL, not just for diesels. So. so there you have it. A unsolicited review from just one of my uh, buddies on Instagram about the uh, the iDash. And 10 out of 10, he says, for the Stealth Pod. So get in there and get one for you at bankspower.com. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show, oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. All right, well, Holman is on the other side of the bench here, and he's fiddling with his laptop. What's 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 doing over there, my friend? All right, so uh, the other day, I had the opportunity to interview here in Patel, here in the studio. You were at work, and it, he wasn't available during our, uh, you know, the late at night when we normally do the show. So By the way, I got to stop. This is a solo run. Hold on a second. Let's go inside baseball for a second. Yeah. So Holman calls me. I'm at work, and uh-huh. he goes, 
and, and I, it, but the audio sounds really clear. And uh-huh. I go, where are you calling me from? I said, I'm in the pod shed. I had to test it. And I'm like, the audio is really clear. I had never yeah. been on the other side of this before. And so I'm now feeling good about the- I should have played jingles what, for you. What our listener, what our uh, our guests hear. Like it's actually uh, pretty decent on that end. Well, uh, unfortunately, our, our guest had some uh, a little bit of audio issues with his side of the phone call, but we got it all sorted out. So oh. it's a little crunchy here in the beginning, but uh, I think it'll be fine. So this is Hiran uh, Patel from Nissan. Hit it, Steve. All right, so we've got- Hiran Patel from Nissan, who is the uh, Senior Manager for Exterior Design, and, and you guys may have uh, uh, heard Hiran before because he's been on the show a couple times, and uh, he, he had a different title every time. So Hiran, welcome back to the show, and congrats on uh, yet another title change. Thanks very much. It's nice to be back. <laughs> All right, I got a quick jingle for you, and then we're going to talk about some uh, special upcoming uh, Nissan news. So this is super freaking weird. Wait, you can't play a jingle without me in the studio, dude. This uh, is just like... Why? I don't I, know. I programmed all the buttons on that board. I know. I can tell they're all messed up. But like, dude, I, I, that's not okay. That's like me wearing your underwear. That's not okay either. <laughs> so here and as the senior manager for exterior design, what do you do for Nissan? So now I work on uh, I, I work on kind of all of the exterior design programs that we're working on within our studio. So uh, they are ranging anything from really advanced upstream work, you know, five, 10 years out and beyond to uh, full production vehicles that we're designing in the studio right now. So it's a, it's a big range. And uh, now um, now I'm lucky enough to, to work with with a team of designers uh, who are working together with me. So we're working on any number of products at the same time. That's awesome. That has to be a dream job for somebody who uh, loves automotive design to be able to have your thumbprint on, you know, a whole a whole brand, essentially. It's kind of weird. Like whenever you go to a party, like I, I'm always a little guarded about what my job is because I know then everyone is going to want to talk about what I do for a living. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great job to be in. And um, it's, it's really rewarding when you get the opportunity to see some of your products um, come out onto the road. And uh, I think that's kind of the ultimate reward. So So, that's really cool. So the, uh, the most recent product that actually went from your sketchbook to the road that we would be aware of on the truck show is obviously the Nissan Frontier. And you've been on the show before. You, yeah. We did a walk around down in La Jolla, California at the uh, Nissan Design Center where you kind of walked us through the choices and, and some of the reasons for doing certain things. And the Frontier has turned out to be, uh, I mean, really an unabashed hit for Nissan. Sales numbers are up. Uh, I see them everywhere now. And by all measure, people who, who've been buying them and and uh, people I've talked to absolutely just love the truck. And the first thing they say is, it looks so cool. That's a, that's a, a very nice compliment to the team that worked on it. And so that's, that's really nice to hear. So one of the questions I have for you is, are you, you know, you see your, your vehicle on the road. It went from pad to reality. And now that you've seen them, they've been out for a couple of years and you see one driving down the road. Does that inspire you as a designer when you see one modified or one that an owner made uh, their own? Uh, or is driving in certain lights or certain colors, do you think, oh, man, maybe for the next one we should you know, do a little of this or that? I mean, is there anything that comes from seeing them on the road where, where you 
the design evolves with you or matures with you, and you're like, I got to try this next. Yeah, I mean, in, in short answer, yes, kind of yes to all of that. Um, we were like constantly looking at truck buyers and how they're using their trucks differently um, when we were designing this generation of the Frontier. And now that they're on the road, we're seeing how 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 people are actually using them and uh, modifying them and doing things to them and, and what trends there are emerging as we're now thinking about, like, you know, potentially what we could do in the future. Um, it's kind of an interesting thing, like, for us as designers, we're not always the target, like, target buyers for every segment that we work on. Um, sometimes I might work on a, a category of a vehicle that I really don't know too much about the buyers. And uh, whenever we have projects like that, instantly we start to become really acutely aware of like everybody on the road that has that particular segment of vehicle and, and how they're using them differently uh, so that we can get a better understanding of how they might, you know, what, what, what might be valuable for them when, when the vehicle comes out on the road in the future. So that's a perfect tie-in for the three modified concepts that you guys released back in February of 2022. So about a year and a half ago. And those were, I believe those were uh, released at the Chicago Auto Show, and they all had a different take. And again, each one was to what you thought a specific category of buyer might be. And if you could walk us through those three concepts and and refresh us with what those were, I think that leads into where we're going next. So those those kind of all started off with daydreaming. After Frontier had finished, uh, we were... I think I was working on another project or something like that. And then I just was messing around on my desk and had different types of frontiers. Um, because, you know, like, as you know, like there's not one particular type of truck buyer. There's so many different, you know, subcultures and different genres and people who do different things with their trucks. And uh, so I had, you know, I had a bunch of little, like little sketches of different frontiers doing different stuff. And, uh, it started kind of a conversation in the studio and then it started uh, a little bit of a conversation within the company. And so we were fortunate enough to build uh, all three of those trucks um, in our studio. And that was kind of the first time we'd ever done that. Also build a show truck purely in our studio. Everybody was working on fabricating parts and uh, uh, kind of re reimagining three different concepts based on one truck. So the, the, the three trucks that we uh, showed at the Chicago show, uh, the first one was called the 72X, and uh, that was built off of an S-grade Frontier, which, you know, I mean, people, I think whenever people think about a truck, they always think about off-roading or something like that as the first thing. And um, this time, I built that, we, that concept was kind of based around all of, the, all of the cool trucks I see around my neighborhood and in Southern California. And, you know, you see a lot of people who have trucks from the 70s, and they're super cool. Like, they're lifted, and they have, like, cool steel wheels, and they're narrow, and uh, they're approachable. They're, they're still really cool without being over the top. And so that, that truck was based on an S-grade. Um, it had a lift on it, and it had white, uh, white steel wheels and a cool graphics package. Um, it was a pretty simple build, uh, but it was really effective. It was like, I think people could get the vibe, get the fun for what that concept was. I think that concept was really successful in what it wasn't. Uh, 
it wasn't over the top. It was going back to you know uh, a more simple uh, truck build. And I think with so many complicated builds and and the vehicles getting more and more complicated themselves, it was really refreshing to see something that was just a a simple solid truck that looked good that you just wanted to take out and drive. Yeah, cool. I mean, that's kind of what that was. And, and, and all of them were meant to be like trucks that we could imagine on the road, you know, people, different people doing stuff with their, with the trucks. And, um, and that, that one certainly was, uh, that, that was really cool. Steel wheels are really cool. And especially uh, white I'm ones. glad that we got it. Especially white ones for sure. <laughs> and, and, uh, a little tidbit, those are, those are actually the spare wheels that you get with the truck. So we just painted them white. They come black, and we just painted them white and put them on the truck with Proforex tires. They're, they're they're hiding underneath your your truck bed. So that was that was the first one. That was the that was called Project Seventy Two X, and that was kind of like a little bit of riff off of the the, the era of the uh, Datsun slash Nissan Seven Twenty truck um, before the '80s trucks came out. And that was um, also the first at the end. That was the first import truck to be produced in the in the U.S. I believe so, in 1983 for the factory. 84 model year in uh, in Canton, I believe. Yeah, see, you know your you know your stuff. So yeah, that was the first first product to come out of Canton for us. So that's a really cool cool project to have a chance to work on. Holman Stunton, right there. Why? Just because I have some sort of knowledge of our guest? I mean, I'm not used to that. So <laughs> <laughs> what happens when I'm left to my own devices? Yeah, and then the the second concept was um, really like you know it it was the second concept was an adventure truck. So we took a Pro Four X grade truck, did did an adventure truck off of it, um, a big lift on it, uh, really big uh, chunky tires, and we widened it, we widened out the stand and um, gave it a custom wrap uh, rooftop tent, and it, that one highlighted a lot of our accessory parts, um, the the bed carrier things like that. And then the speaker system also in the in the back of the bed. So that was a highlight of like a mixture of some parts that we offer from the company, and then also you know what you could do uh, with with some aftermarket parts. That truck was really cool because we got to design and build our own um, snorkel for that truck, and we built a functional snorkel. Um, you know, we routed it through the fender and. Um, it was uh, interesting. That was an interesting one because, you know, a snorkel is like uh, kind of, I, I don't want to say it's just an engineering object, but we turned it into a design object. It's a carbon fiber snorkel that we labored over and uh, we, we tried to make it look like super cool on the truck and like it fits really nicely and the mesh matches the mesh on the grill and, you know, really cool integrated parts. So that was a, that was a lot of fun, that, that version. Um, and that one was called... Um, Project Adventure. That one was one of my favorites just because the colors were right. It was a white truck with a uh, uh, black and gray graphic with uh, orange running through it, a rooftop tent, the bed rack, yeah. max. I mean, it was your basic, um, you know, the, the overland build that you would want to see somebody do. And I, I, it's funny, when I'm in the, uh, the Frontier groups, a lot of people reference that uh, project as inspiration for their own Frontier builds, which is really neat. The third, the third concept... Uh, is a take on the uh, the original hard body truck. That one was built off of an SV grade, um, kind of a mid grade truck for us, and we kind of added some parts from the Pro 4X, the Pro grades, uh, like the over fenders and um, the the lift on the Pro 4X and the tires, and uh, we built and you know we can kind of design and build 
uh, a new set of wheels for that truck. They're not exactly the same, but they're very reminiscent of the the original um, three-spoke kind of block wheels that were available uh, on the hard body at that time. And that, that truck, we blacked out the front end. Uh, so it has kind of a similar vibe of the original hard body. It was like a sport truck. You know, it had the... Um, the sport bar with the with the light, dude. This thing sounds so rad. Uh, I mean, it's it, so, and I mean the RAD eighties rad. No, like, no, it totally. So I, cool. I want to see the graphics. I I know. I mean, we've talked about the concept. There's pictures of the concepts, but keep in mind, I want to see the real thing. Yeah, it doesn't come out for two more days. So we did this interview under embargo, mm-hmm. knowing that our podcast would come out after the truck. But lightning, if you play your cards right, I might have a little bit of a teaser for you to see. What do you mean, like a photo? I might, but we'll get through the interview and then you can see. So is the like. photo under? Embargo. It's all under embargo. You can't leave the studio tonight and tell anybody that you know anything. No, just no. It's gonna shut your hole. It's a hard body. Well, you're just gonna have to sit on it a little bit. Don't be jealous. Lights on it and and the graphics on the on the rear tailgate. And um, it had a big four by four graphic on the side, on the uh, lower portion of the front door. And so it was meant to just be like a sport truck again, you know, not super off roady, but like just a cool sport truck. And uh, the idea for that one was we've got a lot in our bank in terms of heritage. Um, and the hard body is one of the most iconic trucks I feel, you know, on the road. I think it's still one of the most recognizable trucks. And so we wanted to just pay a little homage to that truck and, uh, that was also kind of interesting because it was the first project that was completed at our studio with the hard body. And so it just kind of felt like a full circle kind of moment to to have a chance to work on something that pays, uh, pays, pays homage to that truck. So I guess the, uh, the, the real news here and the reason for uh, the interview is one of these three concepts is actually coming to market, which uh, we are, uh, we're super excited about. And uh, if you would reveal uh, which one of the three is making it to your local Nissan dealer, <gasps> come on! Now, yeah, come on. it's uh, it's awesome news. We got a chance to take something from sketch to the road, and uh, we got a chance to take the special one uh, from it? sketch to road. What is it? And it was cool to see all of the feedback from all three of those trucks in the media, and the overwhelming kind of support and. Uh, kind of uh, longing for a new hard body. And yes! so uh, we're yes! going to uh, build the new hard body truck yes! and come to the dealers soon. Super, <laughs> super exciting. I am so stoked on that for, for somebody who is in their, let's say, early 40s to maybe mid-50s. That was a truck you grew up with or friends had in high school or college. And it brings so back a lot stoked. of vibes, I think, on the concept. The uh, the hint of the three-spoke block wheels back at the original it was one of the things that made that successful. Um, so what of the concept makes it to production and what will the hard body uh, be uh, based on? Um, so a lot of the, a lot of the truck that we're going to offer to everybody uh, is going to be very, very similar to the concept truck. Um, it's still based off of an SB grade truck. Um, it has the blackout front end and the different finish treatment for the grill um, it has the overfenders from the Pro4X, and uh, it has a, a, a modified graphic on the, the front lower door. Still really cool. Um, you get the, uh, the step rail uh, without the foot loops, um, so it's kind of a, a modified kind of 
almost a rock slider type sill protector. You get the sport bar, the cool rear graphic, the blackout rear bumper, and kind of most importantly, you get the three-spoke wheels. You get the uh, hard body kind of... We are so excited about the wheels. It's awesome. <laughs> the wheels made it. <laughs> they made it. That's, that's, that's the best part right there. I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's it's really cool. It sits it sits with a, a bit of a lifted stance, and it's got the Pro Four X tires, and so it's chunky and and they're cool. Like it's it's kind of weird. Like we did the concept truck, and um, it was you know it was really cool working on the concept truck, and immediately how nicely they translate to the production wheel. They they look really cool, and and they look they look kind of nice on the truck too. We would have never designed them this way from the very beginning, but I'm really glad that we got a chance to, to build these because they look really cool on the truck. It's one of those things where you don't know, you, you don't necessarily want to go back to the playbook. It's in history. It's already done. The retro doesn't always work on newer designs, but this is a case where that wheel looks really good on the current Frontier body style. And, and like you said, it just works. I think like, you know, when, when people think of like Nissan enthusiast cars, they think of you know, CTRs and Zs and stuff like that. But I think a lot of people forget that we've got, we're strong in a lot of categories. And I feel like Frontier is one of those categories where there's a lot of enthusiasts and um, there's a lot of people that recognize our history and stuff like that. And I remember the first time you saw the, the, the hard body concept and like you kind of lit up over the wheels and it was our first time really <laughs> almost showing it to public. And we, we weren't sure in the studio because like I loved it. And it was, yeah, it was a bit of a contentious debate going on, and, yeah. and we're, we're still lucky and happy that we had the opportunity to build this truck. So yeah, it's cool. it's super special. Where will it sit in the uh, trim walk or the hierarchy of the Frontier um, pricing scale? Is it going to be below uh, Pro 4X and above SV? Is it going to be limited production? Is it something that interested listeners will will be able to go out and get fairly easily or from my understanding um i don't exactly know how it fits in terms of like full grade walk um and pricing um i do know it's going to be limited i do know that it will be limited production uh, but i'm not sure about pricing and uh, I, I think the information on that will come soon perfect yeah we'll fo- we'll definitely follow up on that who would you say the customer is for the hard body? Who is it aimed at? If there's somebody who's looking at the front. It's going to be limited until they sell all of them. They'll sell all of them. I, I, there's and no doubt in my oh, mind. Maybe that wasn't such a good idea to limit it. Well, I think for somebody who. Do they wants, not understand how important this truck was to millions they do. of Americans? And that's why this concept is getting greenlit for production. That's huge. And it's going to build a bunch of buzz around Frontier. But here's what I think. I think for somebody who doesn't need all the hardcore off-roading stuff, wants a tough truck with a good amount of off-road ability, but wants a more affordable version that doesn't have all the bells and whistles, that has a, a oh, cool you vibe. Don't, you don't think they're going to build all the bells and whistles into this one? No, it's based on an SV. It's but not you, a Pro 4X. It's a based on a, a lower trim class, so it's not going to have like the LED headlights. It's not going to have leather seats. It's not going to have uh, all that. It's designed to be a middle-of-the-road Nicely equipped four by four model that harkens back to the simpler times of truckdom, and that's what I love about it. Okay, who who's the one that says, "Ah, oh, that that one's for me"? Well, I mean, it's for me. <laughs> so you, you built your own truck. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's what it's I would for do. Me and you. Yeah, no, exactly um, right. 
I don't know. I mean, we we're obviously pulling on a little bit of heritage when we put this truck together, but it wasn't it wasn't meant to be like, well, if if I don't know what the hard body is and I can't really relate to this product. So hopefully people who are looking at this truck, you know, it's hopefully not going to cannibalize or, or step on anyone that wants a pro-grade truck because this one is not a pro-grade truck. It's built off of an SD. If you want a cool truck, go for a Frontier, I guess. And if you want a cooler version of a Frontier, go for the hard body. And it sounds like being um, built off the SV grade, I would imagine there's probably, for what you get, there'll be a value proposition attached to it too. And of course, all Frontiers come with the 310 horsepower, 281 pound-foot of torque, 3.8 liter V6, the nine-speed automatic. You guys have obviously a box frame, Dana 44 rear. I'm guessing the hard body will be available in four-wheel drive. Is it also going to be available in two-wheel drive or is it four-wheel drive only? Uh, it will only be four-wheel drive. I'm looking at the concept right now uh, because I haven't seen the uh, the um, production hard body in person yet. And uh, I'm looking at the pictures going, man, that thing just sits right. It's so cool. Um, I, I can't wait for the actual images to get out there because I think people are going to be really stoked on uh, on what you guys put together. It's It's definitely a throwback, but it's one of those vehicles where – it's not so precious that you couldn't drive it every day. You get in, you drive it. It's a cool truck. You feel good about yourself and you can go do, you know, take it out to the desert, take it to, uh, to work, whatever you want to do. Um, I'm excited that the, the hard body is finally uh, making it back into the Nissan vernacular. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's, that's awesome. You said it perfectly. It's not so precious that you couldn't just drive it every day and do anything with it. And that's kind of really what they're meant for. So, That'll be the, the te- true testament uh, for them. So I hope to see I hope to see him with mud on him soon. Well, uh, I, yeah. I know you're uh, you're busy, but I wanted to say thank you for uh, taking some time out of your day to uh, to walk us through the new hard body. We're uh, we're excited to uh, to see the details on it, and uh, I'm sure we will keep in touch because uh, I mean you're you're involved in all sorts of cool stuff that I'm sure we can uh, circle back with you at some point. But thank you for taking the time to to talk hard body with us. No, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for the opportunity, and uh, look forward to the next time because it means I get a new promotion. So I, I, I know I you're forward to it. <laughs> your title changes every time you come on the show. So um, next time uh, you guys call and, and say, uh, "Hey, can we get uh, here and on?" I'll be like, "Oh, it's about that time." He's got to he's got to pick up his new hard body, I guess. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for your time, and we will uh, catch up with you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. I got a winner. That. It's freaking great news. Show me the picture. I don't have it yet. Yes, you do. It's two days before. I know you have it. I only have a teaser. I know. Te- show me the teaser. So that's the teaser photo. That is the uh, front left corner of the truck. With a hard body in the background. Yes. So I love the old school hard body, and I can't really see enough of the new hard body. Patience, my uh, my young grasshopper. <sighs> it's, uh, it's coming, I promise you. Yeah. What well, are, I'm excited. One of these days. Uh, actually, Thursday. Thursday. So uh, we'll, we'll put the teaser up on uh, truckshowpodcast.com. So hopefully you'll see that before this episode comes out. Listen to this episode and then come back for the actual photos. But we're, we're super excited because uh, this is one of those special vehicles from our, uh, our youth that uh, I think we can all remember. Anyway, as soon as the uh, Truck Show Podcast becomes successful, I think the uh, new company truck is going to be a hard body. That's a good call, my friend. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks?
That was good. That, that was, was pretty really good. good. Yeah, no, uh, was, I'm I'm happy with that. Can you imagine having a truck show podcast logo on the side, each side, like so, uh, of, of this hard body, but so big the logo's kind of bleeding off the top, the bottom, and the sides. It's just like it's, you never saw that rendering I did. It looked just like that. Really? Yeah. Of of our logo on a truck. Yeah, because I've been trying to do something with that, but we're uh, we're not there where the company gets a truck quite yet. Mm. Maybe in the next couple of years. Thanks. Thankfully, our uh, our Awesome listeners uh, are keeping So how many, going. do we need another 100,000 listeners? How many do we need? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. And if each one of them gave us a dollar, we yeah. could uh, get a company truck. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, Lighting, did you hear? I don't watch the news because I'm a kid. I've not heard. I don't believe. Uh, so apparently um, after well, almost a year, uh, I guess 10 months since uh, Tesla handed over the first semis to PepsiCo, so that was back in December of 22. One exploded. Um, no. Did they shake it too hard or <laughs> no? They said, uh, there's, uh, several companies that are participating in what's being called the North American Council for Freight Efficiency run on less program. So the goal is testing real world performance of electric commercial vehicles. And then one of them is the uh, PepsiCo Teslas. Um, so anyway, it says that, uh, Southern California is home to 21 of them among other commercial EVs. And so PepsiCo tasked these uh, battery electric Teslas with short-haul and long-haul trips. Uh, majority of the fleet did 100 miles regularly, and three did up to uh, 450, uh, which is within what Tesla claims. They say estimated range is 500 miles on a single charge. So NACFI, which is, again, uh, the acronym for the North American Council for Freight Efficiency, States that the Tesla semis will be uh, it sounds like something that a teenager would get. Nakfi tracked in it's all uh, heavy over my load face. long I haul. I can't get rid of it. So Nakfi uh, states that the Tesla semis will be tracked in heavy load long haul transport operations, and they profile the trucks over two routes around uh, Sacramento for 18 days, and uh, the distance on one route was between 250 and 400 miles with a payload of 82,000 pounds, while the second route has less than 75 miles per day of driving. So uh, at um, least they went for the real weight there. Yeah, no, this is this is interesting to me. Um, I think we have an uh, email or a, a call from a listener who is in semi and talks about why this won't work. But it's still interesting to see what the real world uh, stuff is. So uh, first day, one of the semis did 335 miles in a single charge with 17% remaining. And the second semi appeared to have delivered uh, 295 miles of range, and they recharged around 21%. Uh, and then another one did uh, 377 miles, uh, but it was depleted to 2%. And that was in temperatures as hot as 94 degrees. So I know there's a lot of people thinking, well, you know, I drive way more than 400 miles in a day. In my semi, this isn't going to work. I get all that. Uh, I just say this because I think from a truck standpoint, it's just interesting to know these are the first times I've seen real world numbers from somebody. And so that's pretty, uh, pretty interesting for a lay person like me who doesn't know semi trucks that well to be like, hey, there's all this hype. What's the real world outcome? And again, I don't think BEVs are the right choice for cross-country interstate trucking. But for last mile, around town, and, and short-haul deliveries, it seems, it to, seems be to be like be okay. it could be the answer. It might be part of it. So mm. anyway, just an uh, interesting uh, tidbit on that. So, uh, hey, Lighting, did you hear? What? No. No. Uh, those of you who are listening in Europe, and yes, we do have European listeners, uh, the 2024 Jeep Wrangler uh, will arrive on the European continent for the first half of 2024, but it will only have a single powertrain. And so, fortunately, uh, you guys don't get all the fun stuff we get over here. 
Uh, you do get the uh, the new 12.3-inch Uconnect 5 and the power seats and the new grill and all that kind of stuff, but you your only choice will be the 2-liter turbo inline 4 with 272 horsepower and backed by the 8-speed automatic. So, Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. Oh, uh, that's a negative over. So apparently our friends over at TFL Truck uh, got a glimpse of the 2024 Ford F-150 Raptor R, uh, and uh, I was showing off its uh, new graphics package, the new front end, and uh, the new shocks. What you talking about, Willis? I want to know more about these shocks because <clears throat> is it uh, are they Fox again? Uh, they are Fox again. They are. Interesting. And we'll, we'll talk about those uh, more in the uh, next segment. Uh, I was going across the uh, the interwebs, came across the story on uh, Motor Trend. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! No, I don't think so. So uh, the 2024 Airstream Interstate 19X uh, is a uh, kind of an off-grid motorhome, uh, basically a shorter version, shorter wheelbase, but still a, a taller roof. So 19X, um, is that 19 feet? Is I that would what? guess that's probably what it is. All right. So they uh, talk about it being a more affordable platform. And so, is that because most Airstreams are really expensive? Okay, so I'll, let me walk you through it and tell me what you think. So the Airstream Interstate 19X uh, has black protective coating on the lower side moldings and trailing to the bumpers in the hood. So, of course, that protects uh, against you know, brush and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, there's additional front-end protection because of a uh, trailhead brush guard with uh, integrated lights. Got 17-inch black aluminum wheels wrapped in a 245-70-17 BFG uh, all-terrain TAKO2 tire. So this is very overlanding sounding. It is. That's what it is. Map, it's an all-wheel drive van. Matte black running boards, badges, undercarriage, LED lights, power push button, armless patio awning uh, with LED lighting, exterior shower, exterior gear wash station. What is this built on? Uh, Sprinter. Okay. 250 watts of rooftop solar and uh, two external solar ports. And on the inside, it's got a uh, pretty cool floor plan, uh, aluminum wall, ceiling, and window trim, enclosed private bathroom that has a toilet, shower, and sink, which you How usually don't see. How is there enough room for I, I know. an enclosed bathroom in a 19-foot sprinter? I, I'm telling you. the uh, It's got a galley. It's uh, on both sides of the van. It's got all these on-the-go amenities, solid-service countertop, lighting, sink, refrigerator, freezer, microwave, stowable, 1,000-pound single-burner induction cooktop. I mean, it's got... A lot of great stuff on it, and here's how it looks. Okay, let me uh, come up here. Oh, that looks bitching, but I mean, it looks like everything else I've seen at Overland Expo. I mean, built on a Sprinter platform. Yeah, I mean, it's. I your, mean, it's cool. I'd, I'd love okay. to uh, rock one for a weekend. It says uh, that the opposing Simtex Marine Grade Carbon Gray Rear Convertible Couch double as a 74 by uh, 70 inch queen bed, or they can be set up as twin beds. It's pre-wired for satellite TV and 5G internet. And uh, it's got uh, fresh gray and black water holding tanks that are 2016 and 9 gallons, a 13,000 BTU non-ducted air conditioner, and a diesel-fired uh, trauma combi furnace uh, water heater, and then onboard propane and a 2.5-kilowatt propane-powered generator, and then, of course, 1,000 amp-hours of lithium batteries and a 2,000-watt inverter. Uh, what do you think the base price of that uh, bad boy is? It's Airstream. So I'm going to say base price is 160 199940 so you know the uh, who's really making out with this uh, whole deal here with the uh, the Sprinter platform, Mercedes. Oh my oh, god, yeah. dude! Like that. It, totally. Yeah, I know that there's Ford's got the Transit, and uh, Ram has the whatever that crap box is that they have. The Sprinter is what all the high end. I think it's called ProMaster. ProMaster. Lady. It's a crap box, dude. Nah, they're not no, that bad. yeah, they no. Are. I I mean, I drove one for five almost minutes, two years. No, dude, that oh, was the K Rock the, van the, for 
like the, the early Pro Masters weren't great. The, uh, was, the current one's not bad. It was, but it sucks because it's front wheel drive. But it was just awful. It was awful. It was falling apart when it makes me miss the uh, Nissan NV van based on the uh, Titan platform. That was a great van. van. You're right. That was a great van. So we should talk more about the Sprinter. I don't don't think we give it in its due on the show. Oh, it's not really a truck. Yeah. I mean, we talk about it when it makes sense. Just just, uh, for uh, contrast, if you look at the 20 foot uh, trade wind trailer, uh, by Airstream, which uh, has you know all the Airstream amenities and the queen bed, and but without an engine, all that stuff. And a drive no train. engine, no drivetrain, right? Uh, but it also um, has a bunch of uh, solar power capacity and things like that, so you can be off the grid. A lot of different stuff. That one starts at one twenty nine four hundred. So just to get, give you an idea of what I mean, they're not apples to apples, but in case you're curious, well, what does the Airstream trailer cost? Well, one twenty nine for a trailer for a twenty five footer. That's a lot of that's a lot of coin. Yeah, no, for one twenty nine, I'm buying a a used diesel pusher A class. Yeah, you know? maybe I don't know. That's Are what you? I'm buying. Yeah, right. that's what I'm buying. All right, so what do you say we uh, head over to uh, Dateline, Detroit, Michigan, where uh, I was just yesterday uh, learning about the oh, all wait, new wait 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 do this with your news voice twenty four Ford F one fifty. Start fresh and give me some real news voice. You ready? This just in. Ford has announced the world's best-selling vehicle, brand new, or actually slightly modified, mid-cycle refresh for 2024 with all the features that you want and more. Coming at your local Ford dealership, head on over to Detroit, Michigan with me, where I will walk you through the brand new, sort of new, mid-cycle refresh, nicely updated Ford <laughs> F-150 now, for up, model see, year wait, 2024. You're turning into a I, game I know, show host. I know, I did. I went, I went full <laughs> news guy, too. Because I don't have it written down. <laughs> All right, here. I'll stop this. Well, I, if I had something written down, I just it was riffing. And it felt like it was come on down, like Price is Right say, or something. This is Troy McClure, live from Detroit. No, no Troy, Troy McClure never did cars. And I'm Troy McClure. <laughs> you may remember me from such... Mid-cycle refresh unveilings as the 24 Ford F-150. All right, hit it. All Come right, on. You're always going to complain about the uh, the audio quality in, in these things, and, and this isn't... No, you didn't better. screw up another one. Seriously. No, it's not. There's nothing screwed up about it. It was a giant warehouse mm-hmm. where they had the media going to different stations where we learned about kind of the four key pillars of features on the new 24 F-150. And... The crew from Ford, the engineers that were giving the talks, were so good. I just recorded all of them. I'm like, these are like mini podcast interviews. They're going to give you way more information than I can give you. So, but you stood 30 feet away from them? Is that no, what you're going to tell I, me? No, I followed them around, and I'm sure it was annoying to everybody, especially those with video cameras, because my phone was in their face. So I, I did my best. and I, Dear you, Lord, I hope this sounds okay. It's going to be horrible. Oh. But uh, it's going to be great because uh, there's a lot of info. By the way. <laughs> is it horrible or is it great? It's, it's, a, it's both. So Ford did a, a number of changes on the 24, uh, refreshed exterior styling. All F-150s now have the big screen, so it's not an upgrade anymore. Uh, they simplified. The big thing about Ford this year is they simplified a lot of the packages. I think they said, I don't know, there was like a gazillion ways to build an F-150. Now there's 90 or something like that. Uh, Raptor went down to just four models. And they basically looked across the lineup and made it less confusing for people. And they figured out how consumers were buying their trucks and then lumped all those packages together. Finally, so, yeah, smart just move. Way, way easier. There's a new uh, STX uh, 4x4 package, so more entry level. The Tremor looks 
awesome. It is really good. There's a, a cool, a uh, few new cool features on that that we'll talk about. That 3.3 liter uh, normally aspirated V6 is Gonzo. Uh, that thing is out. So now the base engine is the uh, 2.7 EcoBoost, which is a great motor. Uh, if you're not doing a, you know crazy towing or something like that, just light loads, it's, it actually works really well in the F-150. So there's a lot of nice things that are, are going to be better. But uh, rather than just me blather about the uh, press release, let's Play let the, the audio. talk. All right, let's do that. Hi, I'm Rob Branshaw, Senior Color and Materials Designer for F-150. Now, for 2024, we've tried to accomplish a few things. One, we know that our customers appreciate the design, and that's one of the top five reasons to purchase an F-150. But we also want to make sure everything that we do and every change that we do is easily recognizable as F-150, but also built Ford Tough, both interior and exterior. On the board, if you haven't seen the red Lariat truck, which is a black pack in the showroom, that's the chrome version. And one thing that we've done is we've maintained the signature C-clamp shape on the grill. So the signature lighting on the top through the fog lamps creates a nice C-clamp, and that's been part of our F-150 DNA for about 10 years now. But it also projects toughness. It raises the L-light. When you have this at night, you can easily tell it's an F-150. The new design language that we have on the grill pulls that grill bars into the headlamp on the premium grills, and that stretches the width of the grill and really gives the truck a little bit more presence on the road. It looks wider, a little bit more tough, but yet it's still sophisticated. The truck in front of me is the FX4, which is an STX variant. This has the entry-level coast-to-coast grill, which goes wraps all the way around the side. So for those of you, when uh, it's referenced several times, coast-to-coast grill, that means that the grill is unbroken by any body color or the body kind of breaking it up or or intervening in the shape. So think of a coast-to-coast grill where the entire grill is blacked out and it's surrounded by body color around the sides. The grill isn't body color or anything. Everything's just all blacked out shape. On this grill specifically, we added secondary grains to kind of help whenever you're driving off-road. You're getting rocks kicking up behind you by semis. You're always going to get dings. doesn't matter whose car you have. There's always rock dings on the grill, but these are going to hide it because they're going to deflect it. They're going to hide it because you're not going to see it because you already have the little secondary pattern. So your grill's going to look good. It's going to look clean. It's going to look more durable, and it's going to last a little bit longer. It also frames these new headlamps on our entry level from XL through XLT. We're standardizing LED throughout. So our XL trucks, LED headlamps. Platinum Plus, LED. All of our F-150s are now going to have LEDs. So that brings out benefits from better visibility, better lighting in the day. Much better visibility at night, lower maintenance cost, longer life, better durability. On the side, we'll talk about the different trim series. We try to, for 24, we're bringing in a, a specified trim series for every customer. So by doing that, STX all the way up through Lariat is going to offer a black pack. So we're going to offer some color accents on our standard series, and we're going to offer black packs for those customers that choose to not have the bright accents. It's also going to go on the wheels. We're going to have a wide range of wheels depending on the trim series the customer chooses. Going from matte black to gloss black to chrome to multi-piece wheels with decorative finishes, textures, or machine faces, whole wide gamut. So every truck customer will be able to find a truck that fits their personality with their wheels that they like and their clothes. What is this going to do to the uh, to the wheel aftermarket? Nothing. No, nothing. No, absolutely nothing. Not a thing. You either like OE wheels or you don't. There's no in-between. I think uh, by the time most OEs do cool stuff with their wheels, that trend has passed. And I think customers are just, most customers are like, oh, cool. That's a, that's a cool look. But 
the people who are in the aftermarket, they want a more progressive design and look. They're going to be three or four years ahead. But for an OE, they're going to be cool. On the interior, we're trying to add even more technology. Our customers love our current production, the 12-inch screen. Everybody wants a bigger screen, so we're giving everybody a big screen. You're going to get the 12-inch display on the center stack from XL all the way through Platinum Plus. Everybody loves the digital clusters with all the different telemetrics and all the different feedback that you can get, standardizing that across the portfolio also. So now our pro customers can now use some of the capabilities and technology that we have on their fleet trucks, and we can also have them on our Platinum Plus, everything in between. Technology is a good thing, and our customers appreciate it, so let's, let's share the wealth and give it to everybody. Color materials across the entire portfolio, and I'll walk over to the table. We're bringing in a new series called the Platinum Plus. This is replacing our current Limited series. Limited has a very cool feel. If you sit and spend time in it, it does start feeling cold. We wanted to go warm and more luxurious. So the intent with this was the utmost, what's the most luxurious F-150 we can make? So to do that, looking at natural colors, I'm a foodie, so I always try to reference food. Mushrooms and truffles and, and things like that are just vibrant, they're sophisticated. So basing it on natural colors, it's more genuine. I think when you have something that looks synthetic, it looks a little fake like you're trying too hard, but natural is kind of genuine, it's more personal. Going to the truffle color space, we have, we'll call it white truffle, dark truffle, but it's really smoked truffle and dark smoked truffle. It creates a nice tonal balance that sets a good canvas to have other colors accent and pop. Across the interior, and mind you, this is the Platinum Plus, which is pulling the airstream. When did truffle become a color? Uh, and I, what guy wants to own a truffle-colored truck? I don't think they care about it being called truffle, but I think they do like the richness of the colors, the colors and stuff like that. I mean, it matters. There's people buying those Platinum Plus, that high, high, high-end F-150, and it's it's the work truck to their Mercedes or... No, no. Well, I'm not saying that they have an issue with the actual color. I'm saying to call a truffle is... I, that's that's you. Ford Ford yeah. knows their customer better than you do. So do they now? So <laughs> if you haven't gone inside of it, by all means do. It it looks way more impressive than fairly not good with lit samples. But we've got a nice bright. Holman pulls up a, a photo of this is the Platinum Plus. Is that mm-hmm. what this is? Okay, so he's so- talking about the interior and the wood graining and things like that. And you can see that over on the uh, the laser etched. Wood grain over on the, the dashboard cover. Yeah. Uh, so flip one photo back to the left, please. And let's go back to the seats. I want to look at the seats. So now, the seats have a beautiful diamond seat. seats look like a Lincoln. Uh, bingo. The, so Yeah, the bolsters on it are are floating ahead of the top, like where so your shoulders go. I was thinking Lincoln or Bentley, yeah. like where you see the, they look like pillows well, you that know are floating. Ford, Ford owns Lincoln, right? No, oh, I get that. Okay. Well, they're, I'm just saying, they're, that's I, where it's I mean, like I get from that cross, cross-pollinization here, but- that's just interesting that I wouldn't expect to see that. Well, I guess it is the Platinum Plus. So it's it's the, pr- probably a $90,000 truck, so, you know. Uh, you know what I love about this that I couldn't get in, in, in my truck, uh-huh. in any of the Rams that I'm aware of, is you fold down the shifter. It goes flat. That's, yeah, that's a Ford thing. I know. And then it lays flat so you can put your, uh, the, the, the um, what do you call it? The armrest opens the opposite it's way. La- yeah, it's a laptop. Uh, and it turns stand. into a laptop stand. Yeah, and it's so cool. That's what Ford's had since the uh, the last generation or the beginning of this body style. I'm jealous of that because I do use my laptop in my truck every once mm-hmm. in a while. And there's literally no place to put it up on my lap. And there's not enough room. It's like sitting at a Southwest flight like you're all cramped up. Should have bought a work your- truck and not a uh, race truck. That's probably true. We've got bronze accents that kind of make everything pop. So it's going to be the little American flags on the side. It's going to be the surround going over by your heads-up display. 
We're balancing that out with genuine Sapelli wood. So nice figuring on the Sapelli wood. This sample here is on the instrument panel or the dashboard. And we did the laser etched lines, which is a technology secondary process to the wood, because the heads-up display is standard on it, and it has horizontal lines. So this really creates a harmonious horizontal rib detail throughout the whole IP. And that's, for me, that's, that's kind of what sets it apart. When you make a whole package, interior, exterior, and everything matches. But I play devil's advocate to myself. Not every customer likes beige. Not every customer likes warm and dividing. Some customers want badass truck. Right? They want dark and sinister. So we've made platinum be a black pack from, this, from the factory. All base platinums are now going to be black packs. So they're going to have the gloss black wheels. There's an optional 22 gloss black wheel, which has matte black inserts, and it has the texture really sharp. Whenever you guys get to see that, um, I don't think they've had any built around here, but really sharp wheel. But bringing in all those gloss black accents to the interior, we darkened the whole interior. We added a little sliver of platinum blue, and that's just to give it a little bit of life. All black on black on black is a little bit much. Adding just a little touch of blue is a hint of sophistication, but also kind of gives it a stealthy look. Brushed aluminum, and it's a genuine gunmetal brushed aluminum across the dashboard, doors, console, and steering wheel. So interior, exterior, darkened out exterior, interior, darkened out with some really premium materials, nice finishes. It's going to be a nice, complete package. For some younger customers who like to go out dirt biking, riding four-wheelers, shooting sports, a bunch of different outdoor activities, electric spice that's coming in on our STX. That's our entry STX. What it's like a electric spice. It's like a uh, chartreuse or that like really bright kind of. Oh, greenish. that's a color electric yeah. spice. It's 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 a a uh, like an accent color. Typically, STX has always been kind of like a secondary pass- package to an XL. Now it's its own trim series. So by doing that, let's make it have its own unique signature color. Let's let customers decide: Do they like it? Does that resonate with you? I think it will with a lot of customers. If that's not your cup of tea, there's a black pack version where this goes black. So we're trying to give that bandwidth. You've got color if you want. If you don't, we have an option for you. Across the meat and potatoes of F-150 is our XLT and our Lariat. XLT, XLT is a great truck today. We tried to just elevate it a little bit more. One of the ways we did it was the Baja tan interior, which is very bright for a tan. It's kind of in your face, and, and for my personal taste, it's a little in your face too much. I refined it. I took a little bit of the color away, made it more neutral, more of a natural inspired. So thinking of clays and some of the stones and pebbles and, you know, limestone, how can we have a, I wouldn't say a grayish, but it's a tan that's kind of got gray elements to it. And that kind of softens it, makes it look a little bit more premium. The whole interior is going to go black, so you'll have a more modern take on it. So you'll have nice uh, medium dark smoke truffle seats with a black interior. So it's going to help on soiling but still maintain that tan space for our customers. Lariat, we decided to upgrade. So it's going to have that same discussion with the tan, but we're adding pecan accent stitching throughout the interior with a new... Are you going to uh, complain about pecan now too? Nah, that's cool. Okay, that kind of has this cut wood that kind of looks like a cross between bronze and, and whittled wood. And by bringing in those warm tones, it really elevates a premiumness to our Lariat trucks that we haven't seen in a while. If the warm and bronze tones aren't your thing, we've got a black pack where everything goes gray, brush metals, gray thread. So we really try to dis- split and give our customers two options on it. On the interior, a couple things just to point out before my design side's done. We've all seen our, our fold-up second row seats and the capability of that. And, and I've gone through all the groups and 
told everybody about how my wife works at Home Goods, and she has an F-150, so it's, it's tough for some people that are shorter in stature to load heavy things into the back. This being flat, I've seen her have chase lounges in there and dressers, and, you know, any, any day she comes home, there could be something large in her truck. But having the fold-up storage... She usually keeps blankets and pillows, and I think she's got a first aid kit, an emergency kit, stuff like that. She can take that out, put it in her front seat, fold that down flat, load whatever in. So versatility is something that we really appreciate, and we hope customers appreciate with our trucks. The same goes for the work surface, which unfortunately these two trucks don't have. The others do. When you're working, and, and as a professional carpenter, uh, you've got clutter, bids and jobs and tape measures and maybe wrappers sometimes, all throughout the interior. Work surface, because it's on your armrest, you can't clutter it because you have to fold it up to drive. So it gives you an unobstructed space to have lunch, to pull out a laptop if you need to, to write up a work order, sign receipts, a number of functions that you can always use. The max recline seats that are offered from Lariat and up give you a place to take a little power nap on lunch if you want. And then obviously a multitude of pro power on board. You can do drills and, and whatnot. So great versatility for customers of how they'll use the truck in and out. Tailgate-wise, we've always pushed to be innovators with bed functionality and our tailgate systems. And you you guys have probably already seen the pro-access tailgate, which definitely is a step above. I mean, when I had a truck, it was just fold down. You're done. And then about three years after I bought my truck, they came up with this. And, and my knees would probably thank me if I had this back then. Um, definitely was an evolution. That's total next level uh, of functionality. Pro Power was something that I really appreciate that we brought in. Um, as a carpenter, if, if I was doing a small job, say they didn't have power, I had to load up a generator, load up the tools, then you had to unload the generator. Sometimes we would leave it in the truck, but having that there saves me a tool to load up, saves me a tool I have to even buy. Um, now I can take my miter box, if it's a small job, literally put it here, clamp it down, plug it into there, open my doors, listen to music. I don't even have to leave my truck. So opposite of the uh, Pro Power and the bed, there's a similar cubby. So now Ford has made that a little storage space. So it's not huge, but it's big enough for you know uh, a hitch. I, I or... can't picture where that would be located in the bed. No, I know where in the bed. On the right hand side, opposite the Pro Power. On the left hand side. Oh, I see. When, when you fold down the tailgate. Yeah. So on the left hand side, yeah, you've got all the plugins. There's just basically, right? and on the other side, there's basically just empty space between the inner bed wall and the outer bed wall. So they've created that. Tacoma's had that forever. Oh, for okay. example, it's just okay, a, a okay. nice usable feature that uh, the F one fifty now has. That's my ten to fifteen minute design spiel. Any questions from anybody? Yes. How much? Are they? Uh, price has not been announced as of this recording, so uh, can't can't help you there. All right, we're gonna. Go, all right, we're gonna go to uh, Alana Strager, who is she's the F one fifty I think program manager. She's been on F one fifty for a like s- several generations. She's the quintessential truck lady within Ford. Super awesome, knows trucks inside and out, and it's always a pleasure to uh, get some time with her. So. She's going to walk us through the uh, features of the 24 F-150. This truck sets the bar in all of those categories. So as you walk around today, you're going to see new front ends on every truck. They're all different, so I encourage you to look at them and choose your favorite. We also have new innovations. The Pro-Access tailgate, Bill Long is going to take you through. He's our chief engineer. And then we have a new storage box inside the bed. Inside the cab, you've got... 
So the audio will get a little rough here in the beginning, but it gets better. Uh, she's talking about the new tailgate. So if everybody's in, 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 it was alluded to also in the previous interview, uh, Ram has that cool tailgate that can either fold down or opens from one side or the other. Uh, Ford has taken their swing at that, and it's basically has a door in the middle of the tailgate rather than the side. Swing at that? You like that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> has a door in the middle instead of uh, on either side. In the next interview, uh, he'll explain how that works and why, but um, just keep that in mind. It's basically a door within the tailgate, and he compares it to the competition. Obviously, there's multi-pro from uh, Chevy and GMC. And it's a door that's right in the middle. Right in the middle. Like, it's, it's just weird because it looks like it couldn't be strong enough to support enough weight when it's down. Because we've all stood on our tailgates and bounced. Well, yeah, but and the, like everything. the Ram does that. The Ram already has a split tailgate that can do that. I'm not saying that it's not existing already. I'm saying that it's just surprising tech that I can't well, figure out. Well, that's my point, is why is it surprising? <laughs> There's already a version of it out in the wilderness. I don't know. I think when I first saw the Ford you know, step that came out, I was wondered by that. And I was like, "Woo, that's cool!" And then it had a big stock that so you could hold on to it. Why does no one have that? Why is Ford the only one on the F two fifty? They've got that uh, stripper pole. The stripper pole that yeah. comes up, right? Because and they, it's telescoping, they and it, that's really it actually handy. is really useful. Yeah, yeah, but they're the only ones with it. So anyway, uh, that's the point. Is uh, when she's talking about the, uh, the tailgate, we'll hear more about that in the next interview. We'll start back here. I'm not going to show you the Proxys tailgate, but I'm going to show you why you need it. <laughs> is the kilowatts for the standard, then you can up to 7.2. If you don't get a hybrid, you get you can get the option of a 2 kilowatt inverter. And if you get the mobile office pack, you get a 400 watt inverter in back here. If you don't get an inverter with your truck, you will get a second storage box standard on your truck. A five and a half and six and a half foot boxes. Some of the other things we've done with this truck is we retooled the bike inners to add these tie-down, to add these uh, divider ribs. And you see them graduate as you go through the, the truck. And the reason for that is, on my truck, I have a 2x6. And I use it to divide the cargo, and it goes in the very first one. Because that's my purview to cargo, it's only this part. With the pro-access tailgate, my purview goes to the next one, which is on the wheel well. And for those who are taller, it goes even further to the next one and even beyond, right? Additionally to that, and there's two-tier storage as well, we've modified the box owner to be able to accept a rail system. So FCSD offers rails where you can put your cargo boxes and go back and forth. They also offer box-side storage that goes over the wheel well or just box-side storage for the back. And speaking of DIY, we have the most comprehensive towing and hitching packages. We have Pro Trailer Hitch Assist, Pro Trailer Backup Assist, Onboard Scales, and Smart Hitch. Milton Long is going to take you through all of that technology in detail. We'll go to the front of the truck and I'll tell you about the inside. 
So the 2024 F-150 increased the availability of standard driver assist features. In fact, we have the most comprehensive package of driver assist features out there. Pre-collision assist with emergency braking with pedestrian alert 2.0 is standard on every single F-150 now. Lane keeping assist is standard on every single F-150. Blind spot information monitoring with cross traffic alert is also standard on F-150. And we added a new feature. So blind spot monitoring is for when you're driving your vehicle and it detects obstacles. And now we have a standard feature called exit warning that detects obstacles when you're parked. So if you pull into a parking spot and you get ready to exit your vehicle and another truck pulls up alongside you or a cyclist comes by or a pedestrian, it will beep, 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 alert you that your way is not clear. It's not going to stop you from getting out, but it does give you that alert. We're on to Blue Cruise, one of my favorite features. So the hands-free drive assist feature has enhanced and offers two new features. One is called lane change assist and the other is called in-lane repositioning. Lane change assist, you're driving hands-free, your traffic slows because there's a backup, you want to get over, you simply tap your turn signal to the left or to the right, and when it's safe, your vehicle will move over for you. In-lane repositioning. So that's cool but creepy, and I don't know if I would trust it. Uh, I mean, I mean, in my, 20 years I'll trust it, but I don't know if I trust it today. My Grand Cherokee 4xE steers itself mm. and uh you know abby calls it the ghost uh because i can take my hands off the wheel and it'll steer in the lanes and steer around corners and stuff like gentle stuff not like a 90 degree at a traffic light it's not autonomous driving but on the freeway it'll as long as you just keep your hand you know where you where you can feel it on the wheel it steers and does everything it's kind of have cool. you done any parallel parking with the, the vehicles that will parallel park themselves yeah our grand does it even our uh, 19 cherokee did that it's really cool. You just pull up, push the button, it measures the space, and then you push the button, and then it uh, automatically figures it out and pulls it right in. I like parallel parking, so for me, it's a skill set. See, I like but, it too, but, but it scares fun. me that it's going to... People already have difficulties yeah, with it, and now no one's going to need to do it. No well, one. Well, the other problem is um, somebody who's really good at it is going to swoop in and get the spot behind you if you take too oh, long. Oh, because it takes a while. Yeah, because it's got to measure the spot as you uh. roll by and stuff. Anyway. Gives you that confidence that Blue Cruise is acting as you would act. It has that human bit to it where if, say, you're on four lanes of highway and a big semi-truck comes blasting up next to you, you're going to kind of move over just a little bit to give way to that big truck. And then when the truck passes, you're going to come back. And Blue Cruise now does that for you. A new feature that we have in this F-150 truck is the heads-up display. So if you look in that picture there, you'll see the 3 o'clock, 35 miles an hour, 80 degrees, that's a heads-up display. You can make it brighter or not as bright. You can move it up depending on your driving, and it has three different drive modes. It has normal mode that can include Blue Cruise. If you're in Blue Cruise, that blue steering wheel will, will pop up, and it'll tell you when your hands are on and off. You have towing mode, and you have 4x4 off-road mode. In addition to that screen, we have the 12-inch LCD capacitive screen, which is now standard across the lineup. Every single F-150 gets that 12-inch screen. I honestly think that's one of the biggest deals is that no matter what trim you get, you get the big screen. Jeep did that, obviously, on the JL. No matter what 
on the, any of the Wranglers you get, you get the big screen. There's, mm-hmm. I think, a lot of manufacturers here in the next few model cycles, you're going to start seeing one screen for everybody because I think the tech is coming down, and then quite frankly, you know, it's expected now from consumers, especially and with the price. I, I also vehicles. think it's probably less expensive than than physical buttons, right? There's fewer moving parts. And, yeah, yeah, I, I don't coming down. I don't subscribe to that because most trucks have physical buttons because truck people do not like touchscreen. Right, it's just too hard to operate. So whether it's in your Ram or whether it's in a Wrangler, all the things like climate control or things that you have to get into uh, have a tactile knob or button on it. But I do think it's cheaper than having five different part numbers. Just give everybody the big one and you stock one thing and it's way less complex from a logistics standpoint. It has a vertical display. And on the right-hand side, you've got your audio or your telephone or your navigation that you can swipe left and have that take over your main screen if you'd like. Complementing that 12-inch screen is the 12, the new 12-inch cluster. That 12-inch cluster screen is also standard across the lineup. Next, we have a first, and we've developed for the 2024 F-150, and it's called Stolen Vehicle Services. Stolen Vehicle Services is enabled, activated on your Ford Cast. That light is very bright, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> and... What happens is when you activate that service, if someone tries to tamper with your truck, they try to lift your truck to take the wheels, they try to enter your truck, they try to tow your truck away or drive your truck away, you will get a a push notification on your forecast app. And it will say, hey, this is happening to your truck. Is that okay? Is that you? And you click that button and it takes you through the process of alerting, the notifying the authorities that your vehicle has been stolen or tampered with. And it starts that whole process of, you know, vehicle recovery and whatnot. Uh, within that process, as soon as you've initiated that process with Stolen Vehicle Services, which is a 24-7 monitored call center, they will then activate the um, inability for the thief to do a master reset on your data. A master reset would allow them to go away from you know location services. So it prohibits from location services from being turned off so they can recover your truck. So there's a lot more to, to that that I'm going to give you here, but that's that's a brief of this new Ford First technology. The technology that we've added to this truck gives our customers more functionality, and it's the most connected F-150 yet, and it's my favorite truck. All right, so that's uh, features, and we're going to uh, head over to uh, Milton Wong, who's going to talk more about the tailgate, some other stuff. Uh, and keep in mind, when he is talking about the tailgate, imagine a door... That is centered within the middle of the traditional tailgate. The tailgate still folds down and folds up, but that door in the middle opens up. But unlike the Ram, which is, I think, like a 70-30 barn door arrangement on the Ford, it only opens up one way it's hinged on the passenger side. And he'll explain why they made that choice to hinge it on the passenger side. It also has three detents, and he'll explain that as well. And I also noticed that uh, on the photos of the internet that we've seen so far is that they shrunk the F-150 logo to just fit in the center section. Because normally you see the new F-150s. The, and the, the written, the stamped logo. Sorry, stamped logo, yes. Not, not, the Ford, uh, not the Ford logo, but the actual F-1 embossed F-150. Zero, yeah. uh, I'm Milton Wong. I'm the chief engineer for F-150. And uh, really excited this afternoon to be here with you all and your other colleagues to tell you about what we've been doing for the last couple of years. And uh, finally, we get to show everyone what we've been doing. So, first off, tagline, right? The new F-150 has built for tough capability to handle nearly any pursuit, right? The ethos of built for tough is capability, productivity, 
dependability. And I'll tell you more about each of those three words as we kind of go on, right? The heart of F-150 is its powertrain lineup, right? New for 24, we dropped the 3.3 liter base engine. We're replacing it with the 2.7 liter uh, EcoBoost, right? That's good for our customer because they're gonna get more capability out of it, right? We are going to give them about 12% more horsepower, about 50% um, more torque, and better fuel economy. The rest of the engine lineup is pretty much the same, right? We have our 3.5, we have our five liter, we have our 5.2 liter. Right here, we have the 3.5 Power Boost, full hybrid engine that John talked a little bit about at the intro, right? What's great about the Power Boost is that Outside a Raptor with our base F-150s, it is the highest torque, highest horsepower, best fuel economy. But it's not just about the power under the hood, it's also about the power to the box. And what's important about that is that every power boost comes with a 2.4 kilowatt per power on board generator that's standard, or you can get a 7.2 kilowatt. What can you do with that, right? With 7.2 kilowatts, if you take a look at the picture on the bottom right corner, you can power up your job site for about 32 hours on max power, right? Um, you can run saws, you can run compressors, you can even run that welder, right? And running that welder at max power, is, you can run that for 32 hours. The 2.4 kilowatt system will actually run at max power for about 85 hours, right? So that's more than three days. So if you think about tailgating, you wouldn't tailgate for three days, but if you think about camping, you can run your campsite on a full tank of gas for 85 hours. And what you can really do with that is really change how you camp, right? I used to have a little uh, Weber portable grill. I still have it to do things, but you know, now that's not my only heating source, right? I can bring my uh, espresso machine. I can do panini grills for lunch. The evening hours when we want to watch the sunset, we can bring out the blender and make some nice drinks, right? Um, so that's what Pro Power on board does for you. It gives you new productivity outside of the truck. Capability, moving on to capability. Best in class payload capacity at about almost 2,500 pounds, right? 2,445 to be exact. Best in class towing capacity of 13,500 pounds. What can you tow? You can tow almost two of these Airstreams Right? That's a lot of towing. 75% of our F-150 customers tow in some capacity. So therefore, every time that we do a new F-150, it's always about adding new towing technology. Right? So in the last couple of years, you've seen us do things like pro trailer hitch assist to automatically maneuver this truck to hitch up with that uh, trailer. Pro trailer backup assist, the ability to just steer the the trailer with a, with a knob, pointing in the direction you want to go and it goes, right? Onboard scales, smart bridge, figure out how much loading is in the back so that you can properly weight the back end of our truck. Now, what we're really excited to bring you in the 24 model, you can come to me this, this way, is our Pro Access tailgate, right? The Pro Access tailgate is the only tailgate that actually works for you while you're towing, right? So, conventional tailgates are in the market today, and even our own. When you have a trailer set up, you can't open this gate, right? Because it hits the trailer jack. Uh, there are other tailgates that do other things, but they hit something. It doesn't work. You can't get in, you can't get out, you can't access. Pro Access trailer gate, tailgate solves that. Because we, we see these as pain points, we learn from our customers, 
And this is the only tailgate in this class that still has power up down in the conventional sense, but we've integrated a swing door that opens to 100 degrees, right? But it has three stops, right? The first detent is actually at 37 degrees, which is right here. It stops before you hit the trailer jack so that you don't bang up your tailgate, right? And this opening is wide enough that you can easily come in here and reach in and grab your cooler, grab toolboxes, grab chocks for that thing. Easy access to the back, right? And it's also wide enough that you can easily step in and out. We have a handhold. We've integrated a handhold here to give you stability when you go in and out. We've widened this bumper step. We've also deepened this bumper step so that you have sure footing on the balls of your foot feet or the heels of your foot feet. We've taken these trailer wires and we've moved it to the other side so that you have clear access to get in and out, right? And we also put on an optional uh, retractable step for those who need it, right? So just with a nudge, you can get this thing in and out and you have an intermediate step. And this is important because some people, like my stature, I really appreciate this, right? My lead design engineer on this tailgate, he's 98th percentile male, and he's, he's probably about 10 feet tall. <laughs> this just gets in his way. He'd rather not have it, right? So we make it an optional uh, piece of equipment. You will hear us talking about, in the next couple of days, you'll hear a lot of us talking about driver-centric swing. And driver-centric swing is about opening from the driver's side, swinging open from the driver's side. Why? Why is that important? Well, imagine you towing this outfit and you hear something loose back here that you need to service you need to tie down so you stop on the side of the road it's better to have this setup on a driver's side so that you can the driver can easily come back here service quickly be done right and as opposed to if it opened the other way you'd have to walk around the truck or run around the trailer to get there that's the driver centric swing now you heard john say that this is the tailgate that we believe will end the tailgate wars. Let me take you to the tremor so that we can show you why. The Pro Access tailgate is not just about the tailgate. It's about how we can change the entire experience that the customers have with the rear end of the truck. Right? So trucks, pickup trucks have become more and more the vehicle of choice for lots of different activities, right? So sometimes we're doing heavy-duty activities like carrying mulch, transporting mulch, getting in and out. But sometimes we're doing just everyday activities like going to Costco, going grocery shopping, which sometimes can be a real pain in the butt, right? When you have groceries and your family with you, inevitably, either the groceries are in the second row at your family's feet, or you put them back here, but when you get home, it's a long reach to grab them, and, lo and behold, your grocery bags have tipped over and your fruit have rolled someplace completely out of reach, right? So we've solved that, right? So with the Pro Access tailgate, now you are 24 inches closer and right up at the back of the bed. And you're within easy reach of everything back here, able to retrieve the rolled out fruit, right? You have easy access to the new storage cubby that we've put in to for tie-downs, bungee straps, flashlights, light tools. ProPower on board, very important to us. Now plugging into ProPower on board is even easier, right? Because it's right here. So 
This is our. This is a bed divider that already exists. This is a tunnel that already exists in our catalog. The combination of these and the Pro Access tailgate now gives you a trunk. Right? So you now have a dry place compartmentalized to load golf bags, luggage, groceries, etc. Small items. Everyday use capability. Right? Built for tough. Tailgate is tested to all the same standards. We developed new standards for the swing gate, tested to 10 years of durability cycles, on-road, off-road, gravel, twists, you name it, right? Corrosion cycles. And then lastly, I want to show you Tremor, right? This happens to be a Tremor, right? Tremor is designed to be for the off-road enthusiast who wants more than the FX4 wants to make sure that they can get to the cabin that's way out there in the woods and get back, right? So with Tremor, we introduced it in 21 and a half model year. With the 24 model year, we added a heads-up display that's available. But what we've really done is up here in the front end, and we're really proud of this new front end that we've, we've done for it. So with the 24 model year, we've done a unique coast-to-coast -coast grill with active orange accents that rides all the way out and meets the orange signature lamps, right? This unique grill, made it together with the powerful hood, really gives this Tremor, 24 model year Tremor, a rugged appearance that is commensurate of the actual capability of the vehicle. It's very rugged. So I feel like we need to stop here because Holman, of all the trims I've seen so far that they've been talking about, yep. The Tremor is the coolest. The, yeah, the grill, the lighting on the front. It's the, just cool. The, the stance next to a Raptor. The modular bumper he's talking about with the uh, winch uh, kit on it, which still has the um, the parking sensors and all that integrated into it. I mean, if, if you if you lust after a Raptor, but you don't need a Raptor. Or you can't afford a Raptor. Or you can't afford it. Or, the or you need a better everyday truck that has more payload, more towing. You know, I'm telling you. Tremor's the way to go. There's, without any question. I mean, the Platinum is great if you're bougie, you're pulling a horse trailer, whatever. This... The Tremor is so freaking uh, Honestly, that my favorite truck in the Ford lineup is a 5-liter Tremor. Like today's F-150, 5-liter Coyote See, Tremor. See, I love the F-250 Tremor. Mm -hmm. I now love the F-150 Tremor. Well, I'm talking about the F-150 Tremor now I with the 5-liter. Yeah. Forget the HDs, because I'm specifically talking about the half-tons. To me, that's the sweet spot of Ford's lineup, is, is that right there. Because if you need actual truck stuff and not like a play thing... And you need to actually haul and tow, and you need a little bit longer bed, and you don't need the crazy Recaro seats, and you don't need a high tuned EcoBoost. That truck will do 85% of what you would do in a Raptor and do a lot of stuff better, like daily drive and stuff like that. It's just it's a great, a it's a great truck. truck. It's, it's a good looking truck. Yeah, the, the redesign, the way the grill is with that insert. So, I love how it's the only one with that grill. Well, so is that like an octagonal? What would you call that? That it's if you look at Ford traditionally, everybody has the same headlights and they just change the center section of the grill. That's basically as you go up, the headlights change and the center section of the grill has new personality. On this twenty four F one fifty, the Tremor has a completely different grill. It's as different from an XLT or a Platinum as the Raptor is in its own way, and I think it looks great. I wonder if someone's going to take the. The Tremor grill and put it in the Raptor because it's cool enough to do that. Uh, except you wouldn't be able to because the fender's hood oh, and wow. are yeah. different mm, Raptor. Yeah. yeah. 
What is new also up here is the modular bumper, right? This is an available optional modular bumper. And what the modular bumper allows... Not going to lie, stole that from Jeep and a Wrangler, <laughs> but it's still cool to see. And I, I like how they did the uh, the pan head bolts on the outside. They make it so you instantly look at it and go, oh, that's modular. Because why else would there be bolts on the outside? Yeah, it's the same, same exact thing as a Wrangler that Wrangler's been doing for years and years and years. But they did a nice job. It tucks in nice. You know, it feels like it's um they stole a lot of the uh the modularity off of like a like an ADD, right? Addictive Desert Designs. I don't know that those guys were first, but to me like those guys are like the masters of that look and feel. Easily customize and accessorize the front with light bars for off-roading, brush bars for off-roading, and even this Ford Performance winch kit. And this Ford Performance winch kit is the first of its kind, right? It has OE level integration in it, and here's how. When you have a typical winch kit in the aftermarket, you lose the function of your cameras and your parking because it's back here. We have moved the parkade sensors up to the front and we also moved the camera. So now you have full ADAS capability along with the new capability that you have in this 12,000 pound winch. And so for us, this is really the work hard, play hard truck. Right? And we're really proud of Tremor. So with all of that, New capabilities, everyday capabilities enabled by the ProAccess tailgate. And we redefine productivity, not just in terms of what the truck can do, but what the truck lets you do with everything else around you. And that is the 24 model year F-150 that our customers can depend on to handle just about any pursuit. Okay? Thank you. All right, so uh, that's the uh, the scoop on uh, some of the cool features like the modular front bumper and the Tremor uh, package. If you uh, noticed in the photos, they also had the brand new Ford um, logo that's going on all the uh, Ford vehicles, starting with the F one hundred and fifty, which is a the the oval. The script is bigger inside, and there's now one singular ring around it that's thick. They are this dark, dark blue that almost looks black. A couple journalists in the lighting that we were in, in the warehouse uh, where all this went on, they thought it was an illuminated logo because Mm. it just stands out so much. But that's the new Ford logo that you'll see on. I like it. I actually do like it. All right. And then the the last piece of audio I have here is... uh, about the uh, the Raptor. So I, I saved the best for last because I think uh, everybody's going to be really curious about what the new Raptor brings to the table. And there's some pretty exciting stuff. I mean, I'm pretty excited about it. John mentioned 2009. 2009 is a super important year within Ford Performance because that's when Raptor got going. We built the first Raptor on the uh, on the steel body, you know, back super cab and like a 5.4, right? Those were the early days, right? In that spot, that's where it all started, and through three generations, you could say that this is basically Gen 3.5, if you will, right? Uh, Through three generations, we have continued to develop trucks in the same way. And so he mentioned, like, hey, the portfolio's gotten bigger now, and we're talking about Broncos, and we're talking about Rangers, and there's two now uh, F-150 Raptors. And that's, that's important to understand, because when we sit and we start thinking about how do we make another Raptor and how do we make it better and how do we want to prioritize the things that we want to do, we always look at four pillars. Number one, suspension. Number two, power. Number three, appearance. And number four, technology. It's always been that since 2009. It's that today. It's that going forward. And it's in that order. 
So let's start with suspension. In order to be fast in the desert, you have to be confident in the inputs that you're putting in the truck. The truck has to be predictable, so it gives you what you think you're gonna get, and you have to be controlled. Because if you're out of control, you're not gonna be fast. One of the ways that we can kinda always move that needle, right, is to work on the shocks. This year, on the 24 model year, and I should note for a second that this green truck over here, this shelter green truck over here, is the uh, V6 with the 37 inch tire. This is the V8 or the Raptor, known as the Raptor R, and it's standard with the 37 inch tire. Anything with a 37 inch tire, new 4, 24 model year will come with the dual valve shock. Dual valve shock is a technological evolvement of what we had in 2018 when we put the compression controlled shocks in. I can tell you, remembering back in 2018, when you did back-to-back -back drives between a PSD or a manual type of shock and you drove the live valve, right, there was a night and day difference between those two because the truck felt like it was just like glued to the ground. I did not think that there was that step that we would get again when we put rebound control in, but sure enough, when you do a back-to-back -back between the two, what the customer is going to get with the, with the dual valve shock is literally being planted to the ground. Because if you want to be fast, what you don't want to be doing is, is repositioning the truck with either a steering input or inputs into the drive mode or inputs into the throttle, into braking, God forbid. That does not make you faster. So the dual valve shock has a huge improvement offering. And because it's rebound control, you also get some improvement on-road. And on-road in some spirited driving, for example, on a mountain road where it's got some nice twisty turns, you're going to feel less body roll and much, much better cornering. And the driving dynamics are just at a different level. Now, one thing before we leave the shock, okay? The, um, our team, our guys, our subject matter experts are responsible for developing the algorithms that control those shocks. And I say that because in order to be able to do that, you don't just have to be a, a, a good shock engineer, you don't have to be a good vehicle dynamics engineer, you have to be like a subject matter expert on this truck because you have to know the behavior of the rear suspension, you have to know the behavior of our travel, you have to know the behavior of our hardware and of our software. That's how you get a shock to give you more capability on its own. And it is very much the most, the best complement to that rear coil suspension that we put in two years ago. Now, let's talk about power. Power on the V6 remains at 450 and 510. This truck is incredibly well balanced. For 95% of the people out there, it is a tremendously great truck and you will run out of your capability before it runs out of his. Do you think you can put that one to the limit? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're I love that line right there. He looked right at me and I said, yes. And he looked at me and goes, well, I can't. And I was like, well, listen, V6, I can get it pretty close to the limit. I okay. feel confident in my driving. Okay. Okay. The V8, no, nah. that's super way above my, my pay grade. Um, so I confidently answered yes. And uh, he, he was like, yeah, sure, sure, pal. <laughs> Do you think you can put that one to the limit? Yes. Okay. You're, you're one of the few ones, though, Sean, okay? Most people can't. Did, hold on a second. Did, wait, wait, wait. Do the people next to you look at you and go like, a-hole? Yep. Did they? <laughs> well, I was with a bunch of people who had no, they weren't truck people. Ah, at just, all. Just journalists. Just and... randos that got sent. I mean, half, it's so. My, so, okay, so there's I, newspaper writers I, and stuff I, well, in It's everything. But yeah. it's beyond that. It's social media influencers. And got it. I've been told through the grapevine that manufacturers are having a hard tr time filling their programs with qualified journalists for a couple reasons. Uh, one is so much consolidation in the industry. So many outlets have lost their automotive reporters, jobs, magazines have closed down. 
And they're really scraping to get qualified people. And, you know, at a big reveal at a, like an F-150, everybody comes. So it's it's from the social influencer novice all the way up to somebody who knows what they're talking about. And you can definitely tell who the truck people are and the truck people aren't. I can't, and I'm not embarrassed to say that, okay? But for most people, that is enough truck. For those people who think they need more, are willing to pay for more, last year we brought out the Raptor R. Here is the Raptor R back again. I'm going to refrain from telling you what the horsepower and the torque numbers. What did he just say? Let's listen to that one more yeah, time. Yeah, rewind, please. They need more, are willing to pay for more. Last year we brought out the Raptor R. Here is the Raptor R back again. I'm going to refrain from telling you what the horsepower and the torque numbers are today. Wait. Uh, wait, so does that mean wait, yeah. wait, so they're gonna add a tune? Uh, I mean, or they're is gonna that change, what that means? Or, or they're they, gonna change pulleys? Or they're finally going to smoke the TRX? Are they gonna have enough data from their customers from the first year where they think they can get a little bit more out of it now that they have some warranty information and they see how the engines do? I don't know. I'm not saying they are, or they aren't, but you don't say that if you don't have an announcement down the line. And Ford's notorious That's for having that kind amazing. of stuff. Amazing. So. so the Raptor R is going to get more horsepower. He just said it. I, he nope. He, he just said he it. He just didn't say he it. He implied it. He just didn't say it. He implied it. Hey, I'm going to let you guys uh, wait on that. Donna or someone from her team will communicate that at some later date. But I will say this: this Raptor R, the 24 mile year Raptor R, is the most capable and the most powerful Raptor we've made. This Raptor R, the 24 mile year Raptor R, is the most capable and the most powerful Raptor in its sight. One last thing before I leave power, guys. Don't forget this, because this is an important thing. Making improvements to the suspension can make you faster, even without adding more horsepower under the hood. And so we know that, and it's not always possible to add horsepower, to add more power, to do things under the hood. But the way you tune the suspension, you can make yourself faster. And in the end, it's about going fast in the dirt. Number three, I want to talk about appearance. This bumper right here, I think if you guys came from this station over here, Milton would have talked about it already. He talked about, referred to it as a modular bumper. The modular bumper was an idea that Ford Performance had. We wanted to do a modular bumper. It's modular because you can change out some pieces to it, right? When we started developing, we thought, well, why would we just develop it for Raptor? Why wouldn't we put it on a Tremor, too? So this center section, right, comes off a tool, and it's reused. And I say that because that's the new way that we want to start thinking, reuse and efficient engineering. Beyond that, it isn't just an exercise in styling, it's an exercise also in putting it through the lens of off-road performance. So one of the things that we did was is we carved out as much material as we could to expose more tire. That makes you more off-road capable. This is an accessories capable modular bumper, so we added the light bar. So all you do is you walk into a dealer, he's got a bracket, he's, he can just plug the harness from the rigid light that matches the two that are already in the bumper, the lighting that's already in the bumper, he makes that connection, and you have off-road lighting. That makes you more capable. And then, of course, we redesigned and we squared off, made them a little bit more robust, because you need robust attachment points in your tow hooks, because rescue missions in the off-road space are nothing new, and they're part of the game, right? It doesn't matter if you're a novice or it doesn't matter if you're a pro. Beyond that, just the pure aesthetics piece, I think Milton probably already talked about the coast-to-coast grill. We've always had coast-to-coast grills on Raptor. We try to do that because it looks, it makes, it gives a visual impression of being wide. The truck is already wider, but we want that look. 
new headlamps and tail lamps. We did something new on the FORD, this etching pattern that we've never done before. We also did it on the rear to match. New graphics for both of the trucks. Again, this is the V8, this is the V6. This is the first time we've ever put a graphic on the fender. As I mentioned, this is Shelter Green, only available on Raptor. This is our halo color for this year, our launch color for this year. This is the typical beadlock wheel that we develop. It doesn't change much year to year. It's kind of got this hole pattern. This is the one that we chose to put on uh, Raptor R this year just to give the studio an opportunity to white space that thing and develop something new. So that's kind of the appearance piece. If you look inside, the color and material has been redone in, in uh, all of the configurations. Take a look at the V8 pattern. This year's Easter egg is not so subtle. Uh, it's pretty in your face when you open that door. So Easter egg, what is it? You guys have to go buy yourself a Raptor R. No, you know what it is. You were standing right there. What is it? Of course I do. And? And what? What is the Easter egg? You know I love Easter eggs. What Easter egg? Look, it's on the TV, you knucklehead. Oh, okay. Oh, no, oh, that's so, no, oh, that's no. so cool. Don't tell I, the people. I, Don't ruin it for people. Okay, that's cool. Can I say that it's no, in the... It, no, no, no. I can't even say no. what part of the truck it's in? No, let oh. it go. That's an Easter egg for people to enjoy, not for you to ruin the surprise. Hmm. It's a 37-inch wheel, or excuse me, tire. Comes with the modular bumper, comes with dual valve, comes with premium Recaro seating. The last thing I want to hit on is uh, technology, Okay. We studied what the customer does. There's connectivity data now that we get from these things, right? So we have an understanding of what customers are looking at when they're driving. One of the things that we understand is, is that it's very easy to get overwhelmed when you're in the cockpit, you're trying to go fast, you're fairly new at, the, at off-roading, and you now want to kind of like know what the truck is doing, and you got all these telltales that are all lit up like a Christmas tree. That's not going to make you faster. So what we did was is we implemented a performance IOD, information on demand. And what it is is a very clear screen. It wipes away the things that you don't need and only gives you the critical data that you do need. I think Milton or others mentioned that there's a head-up display. There's also a head-up display that's... That feels very Apple. Like we only want to give you what you need. And then you go, no, you don't know what I need. Maybe. Hmm. That's why uh, having configurable screens and information is the best way. Yeah, agreed. Standard on Raptor. Raptor has gone in and also made that, given it a look and feel, implemented some Baja uh, type of content into the head-up display. We've added performance shift indicators to both the cluster and the head-up display. Not super, super awesome and needed in the off-road space, but keep in mind that this is still a performance truck. Lastly, on technology, um, my mode, which allows you to kind of take all of the a la carte things that are on the wheel, right, and kind of put it, bundle it all into one, into one setting, press a button, and it'll give you that setting so it saves it for you. And then standard one pedal drive, standard trail control, obviously our train management system with seven drive modes. Okay, so that's kind of where the pitch ends in terms of the four. I talked about suspension, I talked about power, I talked about appearance, I talked about uh, technology. I'll give you my last thing that I kind of want to end with, and this is kind of like I end with all this all the, the time. Um, so I have a pretty cool job, okay? I get to come in and I get to work on these types of products. But I will tell you that the people that I work with are super inspiring because, right, they're the first ones, like, to get on a plane on Friday night and they return on Monday morning um, on a red eye and they go out west 
Some go in Raptors and some go in Jeeps and some go in Broncos and some go in buggies that are not even street legal. But they do this on the weekend. And then those people come back and they teach us and they tell us what needs to make their way into these products. And that's why when John says like, hey, in 2009, we created the space, there's people, there's competitors that have tried to kind of be a little bit on the fringe of the space, have tried to come into the space, have tried, it doesn't matter. This has always been about Raptor. Raptor is the space, guys, okay? All right, any questions? Wow, dude. TRX is a poser. That's what he just said. He, sh- he should have just name dropped. A- and by proxy, you. Yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think it's cool that they battle. And I think that, yeah, and, and there's no question that Raptor is the first, is the originator of this whole genre. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I would never dispute that. I love the fact that he's that fired up and they're defending their turf. Listen, That's cool. You, you get to that that end of the performance spectrum and you can't lose. It's it's good either way. I'm excited that Ford finally has compression and rebound adjustment in uh, in their shocks because that's been a long time coming, and uh, I can't wait to drive it off-road because I think that was the biggest hole, especially in, in the V8 and the 37-inch truck. The biggest hole was not having anything on the rebound side of the the. What the were you circuit. noticing the last time you drove it? Like, Tell me what you were feeling with it not having on the rebound side. This chassis on this truck is better because of the coil springs and the suspension and the bigger body shock, especially on the 37s. But like most factory trucks, I always feel like there's not enough rebound control. And what that does is after you compress, you're not slowing down the unloading of the spring. And so you can either get a pogo, the rear can lift on you, or it can kind of skate. Sometimes it can do things like that on different terrain. You can feel it. Having a shock that's adaptable to the terrain on both sides of the stroke of the shock is huge. I mean, I think you've seen that on the TRX when you're off-roading. Um you can feel that difference. And the non-live valve trucks, I've always felt the shocks were not the star of the show. At least the first generation, I think it was like, wow, these are, you know, internal bypass Fox shocks. But the second generation came around and it felt like they tuned for a very specific range of speed. And what you got everywhere else was just what you got. What that did was it made the truck feel way too soft at times or skate on broken pavement or you know, uh, just not feel confident at speeds at, in certain terrain. Adding the live valve helped, especially with it being able to detect full droop and then compression on like a jump or something like that. Having it on both sides is going to be transformative, especially for the power and capability of the the R with the V8. So anyway, I think that's exciting. I'm I'm super stoked. I can't wait to drive it. So thank you for uh, putting up with uh, crying babies and uh, delayed flights and and all that hell to bring us that audio. I think that was pretty cool. And um, it's it's nice to be there kind of when they're breaking the news. I think the cool thing is Ford does not rest on its laurels when it comes to truck leadership. You may or may not be a Ford person. You may love Fords, hate Fords, but you can't deny that the company gets the truck customer and is always trying to innovate or push forward in that space, and the 2024 is uh, definitely no different. Well, I know this show is uh, 35 hours long, but I feel like we have to get to some five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. It's the five-star hotline. Five-star Oi, crikey! 
what the hell with your uh, <laughs> Australian the accent? Holy crap! That was terrible, and it was awesome. Well, Steve Allen would be flipping around in his grave. Crikey! All right, I love you guys. This is Rich. Bye. Yeah, that was uh, Rich is making fun of Rich, Paul Rich doing is an worse Australian than, accent. Rich is way worse than mine. <laughs> yes. Way worse. Don't do it. I knew you were about to do it. No, don't do it. That's not an accent. That's yeah, an accent. Stop it. He can't, he can't hold yeah, himself Yeah, but he's back. laughing right now. 657-205-6105. That's the five-star hotline. Lightning and Holman. It's 930 here on the East Coast. I'm sitting out in the driveway trying to do some paint correction with compound on my 19-152-7, also on my wife's 21-4-runner. Uh, just calling to talk a little bit about the 2.7, because I think it's one of the most underrated trucks on the market right now. And uh, unfortunately, Lightning Banks doesn't offer too much support in the aftermarket for any performance stuff. So uh, this is my third 150. I've had uh, three Tacomas. I was a TJ guy for a long time, and uh, I've had a myriad of other things. So if you guys want to talk to me, call back. This is Ryan. Five stars, and uh, yeah, buddy. Talk to you. Five star review! Five stars! Yeah, buddy! No, unfortunately, not a lot for the 2.7 liter. Um, we do have a Pedal Monster Night Ash, and I think we now don't even have an intake for that truck. So, sorry about that. That uh, blows. I'd love to, but uh, nah. It's, Why? Uh, the 2.7 is actually its own engine. People think it's a D-stroked or uh, D-size 3.5. It's not. It's its own engine, and it's actually incredibly robust and... Um, Think of it as, I don't know, like a second-generation EcoBoost. Uh, great, great little motor. You should do something with it. What's going on, gentlemen? I'm on about my fourth nine-hour trip this week, uh, moving to my new house, and you guys have been keeping me awake on the long nights, and I uh, felt it was worth giving you guys a call. Uh, I just Funny, my wife says the same thing, <laughs> keeping her awake on those long nights. I'm driving a uh, 2002 Ford Excursion with the V10 instead of the 7.3, but uh, she's a temporary rig to move my family uh, and everything I got up to North Carolina from Florida. Um, I'm on my last trip now, pulling my daily driver, which was a Volkswagen PDI. I've called in a few times before anonymously. I can't speak. And uh, I think it's time I give you guys a shout-out on Instagram and uh, on the YouTube channel, but... Uh, I'm going to uh, show you guys some love after this trip. You guys will be keeping me awake. This is Chance Pew from Grappaholics. Uh, we'll have to talk about Nitto tires sometimes, even though I know uh, you guys like a little bit of a variety of tires. Uh, Nitto is my favorite by far, and the Mud Grappler may be controversial, but it is uh, my one true love, second only to my wife and my two kids. <laughs> so I got this excursion to haul them around and uh, loving every minute of it. Thanks again for keeping me away. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever met anyone that loved Nittos that much. Uh, I have. You have? Man, they have a massive, massive following. Great tire, but especially the uh, hardcore off-road community, that's uh, definitely probably top three of every tire that's out there. But it's right next to his wife. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's my wife and then my Nitto tires. But if you blow a tire, you're stuck on the side of the road. No, 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 no. That's what she said. No, next, next, next. What's up, guys? It's Marshall out in Colorado. This last episode, the last, like, two minutes of it, you guys are talking about the uh, Banks Ram intake 
and uh, how much it costs to replace a Cummins motor, uh, a factory genuine Cummins motor. And you guys have you brought up an interesting fact that you know everyone wants to sit here and talk sh on Tesla and oh, what are you going to do if you have to replace the battery? The battery is twenty thousand dollars. So Lightning just said it: the cheapest Cummins motor, genuine Cummins motor, brand new. It's $27,000. So the crowd is bitching and complaining about replacing a $20,000 battery pack. I don't know. It kind of seems like your point is invalid there. I don't know. Just a thought. Of course, you know, I work for an EV company, so just, just, just <laughs> yes, throwing it does. out there. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> All right, you guys. Have a good one. Keep it up. Uh, I do think it's funny that he brings up uh, the batteries because, listen, when we're talking about the uh, the Cummins, we're not talking about replacing your fuel tank, pal. <laughs> talking about replacing the thing that motivates. What's those Tesla motors cost, huh? Probably less than batteries. I just thought it would be funny. A little bit. That is the Five Star Hotline, 657-205-6105. Leave us a message. You can call any time of the day. And we'll play it Or soon. night. Oh, that too. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. Hit us up on the socials, at LBC Lighting, at Sean P. Holman, or at Truck Show Podcast. Of course, uh, we still want to hear from you. 657-205-6105, five-star hotline. You guys have uh, been been burning up the recorder lately, so we appreciate it. Can you burn up a recorder? I mean... Is this one of those old tape ones from, like, the 80s? I don't know what Google has on the back end, but uh, we've been filling it up. I have a feeling they don't use tape. You don't know that? No, I don't know that for sure. You always assume, and you don't know. Why would they use tape? Why wouldn't they? You don't know. You don't know their technology, Lightning. True, I didn't do my research. Again. Again. <laughs> I don't do research much. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, all right, if you want to uh, complain uh, about Lightning, that would be Holman no, at truckshowpodcast.com. No, no, if you want to complain about Holman, it's Holman at truckshowpodcast.com. <laughs> that's true, too. Uh, that's a long show. I'm really tired from traveling around the country. just stop the jingle, or just, we can that's need to it? get out. No, yeah. I, like no the, out. I like the jingle. The fade? No, no. I'm not, no, I'm not Why? doing No, just listen. It's long show. Yeah. We're past, like, they've given up on us. No, they haven't. Yes. They're they, like, dude. They gave up on us like I gave up on dinner tonight. It's like, to do so this? did I. It's like 45-hour <laughs> show so far. Oh, man. It's because the truck world is on fire. And dude, Detroit Auto Show, there? Bilstein, Nissan, Banks. We had Ford F-150. Mm. We had news. We had five-star hotline calls. So we did our job. It's a lot going on in this and show. And look at the board over there. We have still like 30 other things to talk about in the next couple of months. We haven't even started. And I've got all sorts of drives coming up with new pickup trucks. I hope you're, I hope you're buckled in and strapped down, <laughs> pal, because it's going to be a ride. It's too. It's going to be bumpy, but it's going to be a ride. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we appreciate you as always. Thank you for listening to the Truck Show Podcast. Wouldn't you please do us a solid and leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app? That really helps with uh, discoverability. You're going to ask him that after this show? Yeah, I know. Be- Seriously. What else? With the poor no, quality no, 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 of your no. audio Stop. and then us rambling Stop. on. Stop. You're still rambling. The point <laughs> is, you asked for the five-star after the bad shows. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, because they're already going to give you a five star after the good shows. This is the one where you're like, just, just come on, have some grace, people. Throw some five stars up there, and, and don't forget to 
leave a review because we uh, we like to read those. So, uh, all right, uh, we have to thank Nissan, our presenting sponsor. Nissan has been uh, part of the Truck Show podcast since the beginning. So, if you're in the market for a brand new pickup truck, highly dependable, super reliable, and definitely rugged, you want to head on down to your local Nissan dealership where you can check out the Frontier, the Titan, the Titan XD, and take advantage of the Titan's five year, hundred thousand mile warranty. If you uh, want to find out what Nissan has to offer and the pricing and all that good stuff, you want to head over to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price the right truck for you. Don't take it from us. Take it from my friend Jason Riggs. Go get yourself an iDash and a 10 out of 10 Stealth Pod. The Banks iDash is the smallest, most powerful engine evaluation and diagnostic tool on the planet. And the iDash Stealth Pod is what you mount in your truck and it looks factory. You'll find yours at BanksPower.com. I'm glad the iDash isn't capable of monitoring this show because it would have lit up with a whole bunch of trouble codes. <laughs> oh, damn. I bet you uh, wouldn't have been able to reset them either. No, they're permanent. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast. Are we going to be held accountable for all the crazy things we say?